Welcome to another episode of the Most of Mungsa podcast. Today in the studio, I have some friends to discuss tonight's UFC fight. I have Lucas, I have Wes, and Joe. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello, hello. Thank you very much. Nice to have us. So tonight is the last UFC card of the year, the main event. To be honest, I only know like the two top cards, Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Amanda Nunes, and Julia Pena. I don't know the really the other people. So let's start with the... I only know Lucas and Joe probably know, yeah. So the first the first match on the card is Sean O'Malley and Rolian Paiva. Do you guys know Rolian Paiva? Yeah, he's not big. I've seen like one fight of his. Where is he from? Uh, he's Brazilian, I think. Yeah. Uh, wait, I see his rank. They, like, I, I wonder though, because it's oh. one of those things where like Sean O'Malley's fighting someone who's like quite low down. They yeah. give him the lowest rank you can give him, like number fifteen. That's his whole just thing. Just so they can be like he's fighting a ranked opponent. I don't know. But uh, but like um, his whole thing is that um, he fights unranked opponents. Yeah. That's been his like biggest criticism. But do you think that the UFC is consciously giving him easy fights just to hype him up? Uh, yeah. Yes, and I think he actually wants easy fights. Like he mm-hmm. said, like only if he gets loads of money does he want to take dangerous fights. And yeah, I don't know. Like he needs to be tested. But he's so young still. I think I don't know. Yeah, like twenty five. I think like he's super young. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a hard fight against uh, Chito Vera, and he yeah, lost with well. the ankle <laughs> ankle thing. Yeah, that's like he's a bit of a tricky one, really, because like he's uh, he's got hype. He seems like interesting, but the hype wears off if you don't ever raise the bar. You can keep getting highlight reel knockouts, but if you don't recognize anyone in that highlight reel, you're not really going to get to like championship level or like those big pay per view points or any of that shit. So. Mm. Yeah, well, he fought Thomas Almeida. His yeah, I like yeah. I mean, he has had a lot of uh, fights in the UFC. Yeah, but he'd been on a bit of a skid, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he's cut now, actually. I'm not sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but th- people have that criticism with Habib as well. Like, his first 20 fights are just, like, two-rounders made by, like, his dad's promotion, so yeah. they don't even count. <laughs> yeah, it's like the collective records of all his opponents. There's, like, five wins yeah. between them. It's pretty bad. <laughs> and then the second fight is in the flyweight division, Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Kara France. That's a uh, yeah, Cody Garbrandt, like I've seen a couple of his fights, but he's been injured a lot, right? And he got COVID mm. and he had to pull out a fight. Yeah, that's right. He had a really bad COVID spell. But what do you, is he a really good fighter in your opinion? Mm. I feel like I wonder sometimes if the like Dominic Cruz performance was like a one-off of yeah. him just like being on top of everything. Yeah, like when he fought Dominic Cruz, that was like one of the best performances you'll ever see yeah. from a fighter. But it's kind of a standalone performance. Like he was super tactical, super smart, and impressive and fast, and all the rest of it. And then every other fight he's had, he's either like going ham and just sort of like beating people up in like a kind of reckless way, or getting knocked out. So he hasn't shown like that championship yeah, it, caliber consistency. I think before. he had one uh, win since uh, the Cruz fight. Yeah, that was uh, um, Rafael Asanta. Yeah. Which was like a good one, but. Basically, he's going to lose, right? That's what you're saying. I think maybe. Like, this is uh, a weight class below. Like, he's gone down from bantamweight to flyweight. Okay. He's number seven ranked, and um, Kai Kara France is number six. And in the odds, he's a favorite. Cody Garbrandt is the favorite. But but Garbrandt can't be seven ranked in the flyweight division. Yeah, they might have taken his rank Uh, from bantamweight. Could be. But, yeah, um, yeah, Kai Kara France is good. It should be a good fight because they're both stand-up fighters. Is he actually from France? No, <laughs> he's, from, he's from New Zealand. <laughs> It'd be a weird name if you're French. But um, 
Yeah, that should be a good fight. It's just wherever like uh, Cody Garbrandt's like power and speed, a weight okay. class lower, might not and, be there. And also like ability to absorb damage. Like, yeah, he might actually be able to take yeah, a punch now. Yeah. <laughs> is Kai Kara what fighting style? Is he a jiu-jitsu guy? Or? Uh, kickboxer. kickboxer. He's, uh trains a lot of city kickboxing, like Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. And that. I feel like everybody in like uh, Australia, New Zealand, they all fight in city kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. They dominate the whole region. And the third fight is in the welterweight. It's uh, Joff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. I guess yeah. that's how they... But Joff Neal, wasn't he arrested like a week ago? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that was still I thought he wouldn't be fighting. Yeah. He was like driving whilst like drunk and carrying a firearm. That <laughs> 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 was reckless stuff. But uh, Santiago, I don't know... Um, I don't know how his uh, last like performances has been. He was like uh, real good for a while and then he was out with injuries for like over a year. And then he came back and got like knocked out by uh, Zhang Liang, the guy who uh, oh, comes out, okay. just smashed. And then he got a win back against uh, someone pretty good. I can't remember who. Someone like ranked? No, it was like an up and coming fighter. It was like real legit. I can't, uh, Miguel Baeza, that was it. Okay, I don't real know. Guy, but... Who are you guys uh, picking to win this fight? Um, I don't know a lot about them. Like I, I know Santiago. Uh, the guy with the long uh, last name. Long yeah, last name. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. say. I just want to say Santiago. <laughs> like yeah, Vess, uh, you don't want to pick the black guy. <laughs> oh, who's the black guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I picked the black guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I, so like Santiago is like he feels like more old school to me, and uh, mm. uh, Jeff Neal feels more like of the new. New era coming in. Mm. But I don't know their age, actually. Jeff Neal's not too young now. No? I think he's probably like 30. Or Wait, like I can check. Because um, Jeff Neal, he, he was kind of good. Uh, Jeff he, Neal, 31. Uh, yeah, well, uh, look up like his uh, record, because I don't know who he f- uh, fought against. Like uh, He's uh, looked good against lower-ranked guys, and then he had a bad performance against Stephen Thompson. Like, oh, yeah, ago, that's the one. Where that's he, like, one. just tried yeah. to punch him in the head for 2021, yeah. he lost against Neil Magny. 2020, he lost against Stephen Thompson. 2019, he won, again, he won uh, against Mike Perry, won against Nico Price, and lost uh, to Bilal Muhammad. So it okay, seems so, like yeah, he's he, like a solid mid-rank guy. Yeah, he yeah. seems to yeah. lose against a, like a bit higher up, which I don't hmm. believe Santiago is. He, that's that the thing. High it's up. an interesting. He's also he's at that point where he can beat high-level people, but he's like, yeah, like kinda, that, on the brink of championship quality. Yeah, maybe he's not gonna put in like together like the longest win streak, but like he can have like a good like three-fight streak, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that. But that is so. It's a good matchup, really. They're both at sort of same level. It's like whether they can put it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they both are like I think they both have a lot of power as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a fun fight. And the second fight, I think this is probably my my favorite fight in this card is Amanda Nunes versus Julia Pena in the women's bantamweight division. So wait, so. There's a man in Nunes. There's like a thing that she doesn't defend one of the belts, right? Is it the bantamweight or the featherweight? Featherweight. featherweight. There is no featherweight division. Uh, <laughs> like they have like three fighters collectively, and most of them are bantamweight fighters who just don't cut weight. Mm. But like, but they usually fight bantamweight. So it's not like it's not a real division. But like, why is this your favorite? I don't know. I think I'm. I, I like Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. It's like. We're probably seeing the greatest woman to fight in our lifetimes. And I just, yeah. like, I've seen so many of her fights, like, live. Mm-hmm. I think she deserves a top, like, to be the main event. I mean, she's done so much. But I guess, but I guess just because she's a woman, yeah. they're not going to promote the fight like that. 
Yeah. But like Juliana Pena is like I don't know how many fights she's had. She had only like years. 15, 11, 4 is a record. Mm. Yeah, but like she I think she's been out like she hasn't fought that much. Yeah, like she's been in the UFC for like I don't know six years and fought like four times or something. Yeah, so for me, I don't feel like I I will be like so surprised if Juliana Pena won against oh, yeah, yeah. Nunes. Chelson and actually picked Juliana Pena. Yeah. <laughs> really? Chelson but he picks. has a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever he picks loses. No. But like honestly, like I, don't, I haven't seen Juliana Pena fight in ages, but she used to be like her striking was appalling. Like, not like she was like tough, she could take a punch, but just coming down a straight line, spamming punches with like no technique, and then just hoping to get it to the ground. So, like, I, she could get in real trouble if she's not improved a lot. And Mana Nunes is like knocking her out. Yeah, that's the analysis quick. I've heard that she's probably the best uh, ground like grappler Amanda Nunes has fought so far. So, that might mm. be the tricky part for her to solve. Otherwise, I think Amanda yeah. is a better fighter. And she like she seems pretty strong, Juliana Pena. Mm. So like maybe if she like gets into a clinch early on, she can like get some control time. But for five rounds, I can't picture her like putting it all together. No, uh, like I feel like just Amanda Nunes. She's punched so so hard. Like mm. is she, like uh, you. If you think she's strong, like Megan Anderson is probably stronger. I think maybe. I mean, she's yeah, a lot probably. bigger. Yeah. yeah. So, but she has like no wrestling thing. Yeah, whatsoever. yeah, okay, that's true. They they're like total opposites. Who's the cutest one? <laughs> uh, <ooh>. uh, <laughs> in the <laughs> woman in the bantamweight <laughs> division. Oh, this fight. This fight. Yeah, this fight. Oh, this fight. Uh, I think it's uh, Julia. Julia Penny. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Amanda Nunes isn't. Gonna it's win. not a real <laughs> choice. It doesn't sound like a real choice. <laughs> <laughs> she wins by default, I guess. <laughs> But I was wondering, like, who Amanda fights after this if she wins? She basically mm. has fought everyone, cleaned out the division. Honestly, yeah. she could retire. Like, she probably should. Like, um, who, who else? She? Uh, probably not too. Amanda up. Nunes. Oh no! Actually, I saw um, the UC is talking with Kayla Harrison. Yeah. yeah. But that's her teammate. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't? Uh, I don't think so. I heard somewhere that people ask uh, Amanda Nunes and she said, oh, yeah, she's my teammate, so I'll be happy with whatever move she makes. But there were talks about uh, Clarissa Shields fighting. She was calling Amanda out a lot. But then Clarissa (laughs) Shields, the quote, but Clarissa Shields uh, lost her last fight. Yeah, and against a girl who's like 2-0. So it's like she would like maybe in 10 years time is ready. So that's fighting happening, I can't imagine. One question, uh, I was watching the Countdown show, and then one question that they brought up, I think maybe Wes can have a bit of input in this. They said that Amanda recently got a kid, and they were saying, oh, is she going to be able to fight? What, uh, Where are her like motivation? Mm. And people were kind of like criticizing, or not criticizing, but speculating that is she going to be focused on her kid, or with the uh, kid, yeah. can she focus on the fighting part? But last fight, she won with the kid. So I think that every single time when a fighter gets a kid, they're always like question, oh, they have a kid now. So will they be able Mm. to perform and focus? But every single time they get proven wrong when a person is from the computer. (laughs) When when a fighter gets a kid, like the performance kind of goes better. Mm, So I get uh, Wes you're the only one here with the kid do you think like that's kind of like a motivation to have a kid right to do perform even better I mean I don't know actually like maybe you want to 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 fight good because you now that you have a child you you want to make sure that your kid will see the best of you somehow 
but also i don't know like there's so many things you have to do when you have a child that might make you not be so focused on your training and stuff so i think the balance has to be very hard but not impossible so i don't know actually it really depends it just like take a lot of time yeah the, like training camp yeah. but i guess on, there's so many fights I mean, with kids i feel like there's mm -hmm. nothing like I, but young kids there's a difference like because you can be as motivated as you want now like oh i feel like this new lease of life and everything but if you're getting two hours sleep like yeah exactly <laughs> all the motivation yeah. doesn't help yeah like, it's still gonna be exhausted mm. and it's gonna affect all your training and health like. or maybe you're rich enough to have like a, a nanny at home <laughs> Goals, that yeah. takes care of the, of the baby i guess I think there's also an aspect that once you have a kid, you start thinking about, oh, what if I get knocked out and have yeah. more damage? I want to mm. be like well, oh yeah, healthy. Uh, yeah, when healthy. The, yeah. yeah, when the kid grows up. Yeah, although yeah. Amanda Nunes Mom, doesn't yes. have to worry about that yeah. too much. <laughs> but McGregor, um, like once he got kids, I kind of feel he started losing. But the, he achieved but everything. Everything changed. He, for yeah, him. Every, he achieved everything as well. But ever since he's like the nice McGregor. Is that someone like the MMA Twitter and stuff? Like, is he nice? Yeah, he he was like nice. He was nice uh, for one press yeah, conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not two. Like uh, cowboy before the cowboy and oh, before yeah, the yeah. Dustin, and then he started losing, and he just turned like <laughs> real, real the opposite. And the last fight, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Poirier. I'm picking Charles. Who are you guys picking? What's the record of both? Uh, Charles Oliveira is on a nine-fight win streak. And he has the most submission wins and the most uh, finishes in the UFC. Okay. And Poirier, uh, I don't know his record, but um, he's the number one. So he, his last three fights, he beat Connor once. Once was the injury, doctor stoppage. And then uh, after good. Khabib, he fought Dan Hooker, won that fight. But, I mean, Dustin Poirier has gone through all like the top ranking lightweights already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I kind of feel like he's the uncrowned champion in a way. Yeah, and so he's fought more championship quality yeah. fights. Like Oliveira winning the belt, but it was against the guy with one fight in the UFC and Michael Chandler at the time. Like, Yeah, I think I'm picking Dustin like what? just because of his history. But what's the style of uh, Oliveira? Oliveira is uh, mostly Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay. but he also has a lot of knockouts. Like He doesn't look like a big guy, but he has knockout power. Yeah, in recent years, he's really changed like in terms of... Yeah. Uh, his aggression as well so it's not just like sort of oh he can like defend himself on the feet like a lot of grapplers end up getting competent stand up but he's actually sort of like threatening which is it makes for fun fights it's going to be a good fight I think no matter what yeah I was thinking that uh, Justin Gaethje could knock out like uh, Chandler while Charles Oliveira knocked him out like, I was thinking oh, it might be mm. like a submission or something yeah but I mean it knockouts are a weird thing like if you go into a Justin Gaethje fight, like, you know you're getting hit a bunch. Mm -hmm. But Chandler got caught, like, real confident being like, oh, I almost knocked Oliveira out. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, like, clipped on the chin with a left hook. Like, that will kind of hurt you a lot more than, like, the 500th blow to your head. <laughs> from That's, Justin like, Gaethje. his biggest improvement, though, the stand-up. Uh, if you see, like, the Kevin Lee, even though Kevin Lee may not be, like, an elite, like, kickboxer on that level, but... Like, uh, he, his style used to be that he just came in, like, try to wrestle you down and get a submission quick. And once that failed, he would get, like, KO'd. Yeah. I, I remember the Frankie Edgar fight the most because he was, like, just Frankie Edgar moving his feet. Kind of just threw Oliver off. Yeah. And Frankie Edgar is in a hard puncher and he, like, knocked him out. Yeah. It was, like, he used to sit, 
be like written off as quite easy to knock out like but he seems in recent years to really like put on weight and gotten stronger but and i feel like that's the story of his whole uh, career till he he was uh, he, like he was like the fighter with the most fights in the ufc before he won the belt i'm pretty sure of it uh, but him him and dustin actually they combined for the most fights ever in a uc title fight mm. so they both had a, like a like a really long way to the title here so i feel like they both have like that grit and like needs mm. for their rounds. the will to win yeah. so the only reason i'm picking charles Oliveira, i think because the last three fights if you look at dustin poirier's is two fights with mcgregor that's not a big competition for him and mm-hmm. uh, it was dan hooker and he's haven't been winning for a while so last three fights versus the last three fights of Oliveira, he's fought Ferguson, um, Chandler. Chandler, and Kevin Lee. I think just compared the opponents, I think he fought better fighters. I, I was going to say the opposite. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I think Kevin Lee has now been dropped by the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Tony Ferguson is coming off a loss and seemingly people are like not sure if he's able to come back. Then the Michael Chandler fight, which is legit, he almost got finished in the first round. So although it's impressive, he's shown he's like tough and everything like that. I don't think he's been fighting people on form mm-hmm. uh, consistently and dominating them. Whereas Poirier has been fighting nothing but championship caliber. And when he wins, he's like a completely dominant, like Max Holloway even. And the Khabib fight, he lost to Khabib, but like, come on, that's mm-hmm. Khabib. Like you can't really write anyone off for that. But I think Dustin's been performing at the consistently at a higher level. But yeah. does is uh, this other guy, what's his name already? Oliveira? Charles Oliveira. Oliveira. Yeah, does he have like a style that can uh, bother Poirier? You yeah, think? I think so. I think it's just to, if he gets on the ground, I think Poirier yeah. is done. Mm. Like, especially after seeing what Rivera did to Ferguson, that's maybe like, ooh, because like, yeah. before he could threaten, like he was so dangerous with like triangles and rear naked chokes and stuff, but I thought like, well, if you're strong like uh, enough in the wrestling department, you could stop him. But now I'm just like, well, after what Habib did to Dustin, I was like, maybe we'll see something similar if, like, uh, Oliveira can be in the same form as he was against Tony Ferguson. So Poirier is not good uh, on the floor. He is, but there's there's levels to that. Like, hmm. he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's, like, always been very good on the ground, but he's not, like, elite level to where people are scared of his ground game. Yeah. Like, Oliveira is, like, yeah, most submissions in UFC history. Like, he's very good at putting people to sleep. Yeah, um... Poirier, I feel also, like, up to this point, even if he never had, like, the belt, like, officially, he was, like, into him. He mm. already built up, like, a record that could go... Like, he's, like, a top 10 li- lightweight of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, without question, I feel like. He's a better lightweight than Conor McGregor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Conor McGregor had the belt. Like, belts don't necessarily mean anything. Like, Charles Oliveira being champion right now, it's a real... It's an, disputed championship i think even though there's not yeah. a, an interim title it's like his, fi- he, he, his only win was yeah. against michael chandler who's on his second fight in the ufc so like it, it's really still like up for debate who's the best in the division i don't think that belt necessarily means you're the best yet it needs to be established for a while like a standing almost yeah yeah um, it's like they had to give the belt to someone but like that was never the plan in the ufc mm-hmm. it was like oh uh chandler's climbing up Oliveira, who's going to be the best it sort of like just happened spontaneously after Khabib uh, abdicated. Yeah, I feel like he, like, it just shifted so fast when, from him being, like, a fighter with a good win streak to him just being, like, 
the the challenger. Yeah, well. it happened really quick. So I don't know. Um, I think lightweight is the most competitive. You have uh, Charles Oliveira, the champion. Dustin Poirier, people consider him the champ already. Um, Gaethje. Justin Gaethje. Gaethje is like a top rank. He could be easily yeah. the champion. Uh, Makhachev is coming up. Mm. Uh, Dariush is coming up. I think that's like very competitive like matchups yeah, you can make. Yeah. And like uh, Dan Hardy was like... Uh, Dan Hardy? Uh, <laughs> Dan, Dan Hooker um, was like... Until Makhachev beat him. I was like, Hooker's like a real sort of like... Only the best were beating him. Like, there's so many people you feel like, oh, they could be championship quality, except this guy's in their way. And they're all at that level where, like, in any other era of the sport, like, take it back five years, they would all be like, oh, yeah, you could see them holding the belt. What's the most efficient style? or And what's the most, uh, like, beautiful style, you think? I mean... I like uh, Adesanya. Like he, he's like oh, a kickboxer, yeah. but he's probably the most technical, like striker. So he knows his distance, and he like uh, chooses his punches and his kicks very, very like. Uh, mm. yeah. It looks very clean. Yeah, very clean and everything. Mm. I okay. like fight uh, like him. Yeah. Yeah, that like they tend to have the most like beautiful performances, like high level counter strikers, like Anderson Silva back in the day and everything. Yeah. Oh, the I know. I've seen some uh, yeah. some videos. But I also like like really like guys that can just like explode, like like Joe Romero. Like I, I love watching him. Michael Bisping, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like so fucking funny as well. But like him and Aldo, like I like those like yeah, like just like those like powerhouse that can like mm. twitch like. Aldo like is when he's on like the other night. It's yeah, just, like it's so fun. Yeah. Because it's so fast and everything feels so dangerous. Like every minute is like like it's tense. really entertaining. Like, like watching because you know he can just explode at any second. No. My personal like favorite for style is whenever you get someone who's like a real pressure fighter on the feet, who's just sort of like coming forward, even if they're like a bit sloppier or whatever. But like Matt Brown and the likes, where oh yeah, if they're just coming forward and it's just sort of like it's a real test of like can the person just handle this because <laughs> when they win it's literally just sort of destroying their opponent's soul mm. they're just sort of like slowly dissolving under the pressure of someone who just doesn't care how much you hit them and that's like the biggest thing with Hamza really like, yeah cause, <laughs> yeah like all he does just march forward and win like I don't know like uh, inside a round yeah like, do you think Hamza can beat the top 10 guy yeah well, top uh, 10 what's... Zhang Liang was 10 Oh, right, right, wasn't yeah. he? Like, yeah, but, but for yeah. sure, I think so. Yeah, I, he would uh, struggle maybe against the highest level wrestlers. Not that he like uh, maybe he could win wrestling exchanges, but not dominant enough to be able to put them out. So then you'd see how it is. Like, I want to see him against yeah, like Covington, Gilbert Burns. I think Gilbert Burns would be a good matchup. Yeah, yeah, because then he would have to show ability to like change the pace. He couldn't just go out there and be like, I'm going to smash, bro. <laughs> Kill everybody. Kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but who do you think uh, Nate Diaz has one more fight left? I think the best fight they can make is the Conan trilogy. Nothing else will work. Yeah. They Nate... can't give him Hamzad. They can't give him oh, no, that's uh, Colby. <laughs> like, they want to... I think because if Conor fights Nate Diaz, even if Nate wins or loses, that's a good send-off out of the UFC. Yeah. And I feel... If we're being like completely honest and not just like fans, uh, Nate's like completely overvalued. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's so over and like 
if you give him a fight like the Connor trilogy, like that's something which like we can all get behind and still pretend like he's like high level and we're all sort of engaged with it on that. But if you put him in there against anyone that he needs to have a competitive fight against, then you have to like go, oh yeah, a guy who's ranked like 15th, maybe it could be competitive. You can't give him like a top 10, a top five fighter because he just gets mauled. He's not on that level and hasn't been yeah. ever a welterweight. Like lightweight, he could have some good matchups back but, in the day, but a welterweight is only Connor he's looked good at against ever and Connor's not a real welterweight. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, but people treated like, it like he almost won when he like uh, got Leon Edwards in the end. Yeah, that, and they, that was like a win for him. But like Diaz fans will do that, like the same thing with Masvidal, when Masvidal was messing him up in the BMF <laughs> title fight. And then he was like, he said in the interview after he's like, yeah, I heard him getting tired though. And they stopped because <laughs> of the fight. And his fans would be like, yeah, he would have won in the fifth round because he's got all these late finishes and they do <laughs> like last minute knockouts. Like, nah. Yeah, I saw a meme that uh, the Diaz brothers never lose. They just run out of rounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like them and Diego Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, which is like a funny sort of take. Joe Rogan like said something like, oh yeah, if, the, if there was no time limit, they would win every fight. And like people would fight differently <laughs> if there wasn't a time limit. Like it's a different sport entirely. And people would beat them. You just kick them in the legs for <laughs> like two hours. Eventually, <laughs> you're gonna win. I think they should do this like uh, random fights where oh, the round ten rounds or ten something round. like that. Oh. Yeah. No, oh, no round. There's no rounds. No round. yeah. yeah. I think oh. back in the day, like I think jujitsu mm. tournaments or something like that, they could like there used to be no rounds. Yeah, the initial. Oh, yeah, Bally like Tudor. UFC had yeah. that in the beginning as well. Yeah, the very first. Yeah, UFCs. like uh, but, I, I don't know mm. if it was time limits, but they had like a one hour. Fights. Yeah, they 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 introduced time limits like uh, after like the third event or something because they had like, a couple of ones where it's just like two guys laying on top of each other, <laughs> exhausted, <laughs> and it's like, well, we've watched like thirty minutes of like... people asleep on top of each other. It's not fun. But I know um in Brazil in the early days in the nineties when they had their equipment in the UFC, which was like Vale Tudo, there was just no time limits, no rounds. It's just sort of like come out until one of you quits. Was that when they fought with no gloves? Yeah, no gloves, and they had like, like... it was a ring with netting at the bottom of it so people can roll out. What do you mean roll out? Like uh, like if you're grappling and you're up in the corner and you can just go outside the ropes. Oh, okay. So then like they can't grab a hold of you because there's ropes in the way. Like they just put netting there. Um, but it, it was real. Yeah. yeah, like it wasn't well thought out. It wasn't a very professional setup. When, when did that go like like uh, like disappear? Like, um, like late 90s, whatever. Really? <laughs> But because most of them did, came did the Pride come after that? Um, Pride started in like ninety nine, two thousand. Okay, know. so it was kind of like replacing it in a, in a way. Mm. Pride was the shit. Yeah, <laughs> but that feels like real fighting. Like mm. if like people met on the street, they would go on uh, uh, like until one of them gets KO'd or gets super yeah. tired. Yeah, just quits and like. Yeah, but at the same time. Long. People are not going to buy tickets for like to stay there for hours and hours. Yeah. Well, like when you watch the first UFC fights and it's like there's no weight classes, just anyone versus anyone. It's like either it finishes in like the first minute because one guy doesn't know how to fight <laughs> or it just lasts way too long because you've got just two people not being able to do anything. And it's just like they gas out after five minutes. That's like less than that, two minutes. Yeah. And you're seeing people like, oh my God, I've never been in a real fight before. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, it's surreal. And it's like, it's entertaining as like a circus show. Yeah, I love But you couldn't watch a whole it. card of that for like years and just be like, oh yeah, got good fights this weekend. It was like 30 minutes of like wrestling. 
and then one of them just tapped out because they, they were like hyperventilating. <laughs> like, not fun. But I think it's like really entertaining when they get like I I like that aspect. Like they. Uh, Okay, it was a horrible fight, but uh, like Kimbo Slice versus uh, Dada <laughs> 5000. That's like an infamous fight where they both get like deadly tired. I think the other guy got like a heart attack at the oh. end. Yeah. He claims it. I don't After know. No, no, he had a real he, heart attack. He got yeah. it. Yeah, so they got like so tired. Is there a YouTube video of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of them. Like, the finishing blow is just one of them, like a punch almost hits them and they try and move away and then they just stumble over because <laughs> they're too tired to stand up <laughs> what oh, there was a promotion where they would like uh, pick like uh, fighters like I think it was I don't know if it was like a intentional comedy or whatever but uh, there are like several videos on YouTube where like this two brothers they fight and one of them is like really high achiever like in the military or like the the uh -huh. parents favorite and one of them is just like a stay home playing like video games all the time and they do like a whole interview before the fight and the guy who's a gamer he's like my parents never loved me they always <laughs> said that my brother was better than oh, me oh you mean uh phoenix something i don't remember the um, name of the promotion he's like a superhero in real life and uh, uh river phoenix i think i don't know but river then i think the, yeah. the gamer guy won the fight like the actual uh, what was but who was like the bad one or the good one like no um the f parents favorite one was the military guy who he, he was like a marine or something yeah and then the other guy was of course just, you choose a marine yeah over like yeah, uh, the exactly. other guy yeah but i think he lost the fight <laughs> oh shit that's hilarious that's not good yeah Do yeah. you know which uh, organization i think uh, it's on like barstool sports or something something like a yeah. shitty oh, thing yeah. you know it's like know. A, it's like yeah they have like joke things where it's just local people fighting I have seen clips of that. <laughs> but it's not, it wasn't professional. Nah. nah. Okay. Like these, they haven't done any training. Yeah, yeah, training. yeah. But there's, a, there's like a famous uh, duo of brothers. I, don't, I think they fight in like PFL or something. One of them is like a superhero. Like he, yeah. he's like vigilante. <laughs> like, um, like he puts on an armor and I don't know if he has a name. And he puts on an armor and fights crime. And he fights MMA as well. And he, I think he fought against his brother. Like it's like, uh -huh. I, I think I know, he can make like, I know a the guy talking about. Himself. I think he's like, uh, he's based in like Washington, uh, Washington State, because they have like a law where you can legally fight people oh, they agree. Okay. So he goes around dressed as a superhero and just be like, "Are you willing to fight me?" If he finds <laughs> just like assholes in the streets, and then like he just like knocks them out because he's like trained. But, but he, he <laughs> has like videos of it. I think he has like a camera, like yeah. uh, GoPro, yeah, something like that. So there's a lot of videos. <laughs> I find that so funny. I think I also saw like when this fight, a uh, female MMA, like a professional MMA fighter versus just like a random dude and the yeah. random dude beats the shit out of the girl. <laughs> That's bad. That's so bad. Like I saw a thing recently with, I think it was in Poland and they had all these intergender fights. And it, but the thing is the only guys they picked were like, they just found like non-manly men and the sort of guys that didn't want to be there but were like bullied into like fighting. <laughs> and it's just like very sort of like effeminate guys fighting like a sort of like tough-nosed woman. And it's just sort of like, oh, this is just embarrassing. Oh, it just yeah. seems like a way of being like, see, they, they aren't real men. They'll watch them get beat up by women. I... But uh, I think Amanda Nunes, like she feels like uh, in the featherweight, if I compare her to featherweight men, she looks bigger for like for featherweight men. Yeah, she's not. Big, she's some... like five nine, mm. and like uh, 
Conor McGregor was five is five nine and fighting and when he was fighting at featherweight he was like the biggest guy in the but division. is the like feather is the women's featherweight and the men's featherweight is that the same yeah they're both 145 okay, okay. Yeah. so it's still the same weight oh, I think yeah. it's also because men have denser bones so maybe uh, yeah. they're not a lot of muscle while she's like bigger with like muscles yeah yeah but then like uh, was it Megan Anderson she's like six foot tall oh damn yeah uh, so like uh, you can't get bigger women at featherweight but most of the women fighting at featherweight look tiny compared to Amanda because they're like uh, just bantam weights with mm-hmm. extra chub on them. That's yeah, it. Like, they don't want to cut weights. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but I don't know yeah. if they like. I feel like Megan Anderson's the only one like that's like a featherweight. But then there's that uh, what's her name? Something Chasson, Macy Chasson, or something like that. She's Is like five eleven or something. Yeah, that sounds French. I think she's from Louisiana. Oh, uh, like no maybe that's yeah. the reason. You got last thing like Dustin Poirier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got these Cormier. French names yeah. from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but yeah, like she's like a big woman and then just wins fights because she's like big. big. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You get that. Like, uh, uh, Gabby Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she couldn't make one fight. <laughs> that's with Kayla Harrison. They're talking about her fighting Amanda Nunes, but she's never fought that low. She's fights at like one fifty five. Mm-hmm. So like uh, she in Bellator. Uh, PFL. Uh, and they allow they have a higher class. Yeah, they have like a lightweight division mm. for women. Which like, if you can't find people at featherweight, how are you finding women at lightweight? I don't know. <laughs> I think there are women like in lightweight who are willing to fight. I don't know why. Maybe, I mean, but I like skilled I ones. I don't know. Like, we think the best division is like straw weight. Mm. Uh, and then in one FC they have like atom weight, which is like a hundred and five pounds. You're like those, how many kilos is that? Uh, like uh, forty five, fifty kilos, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Tiny. So yeah, these women are like. <laughs> oh, is it the, the rose uh, category? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even okay. lower than yeah. rose. It's, yeah. How how, how oh, rose is store rate right, one fifty five. One fifty five. No, what one one fifteen? Sorry. No, yeah, yeah, fifteen. Yeah. Um. Mm. But yeah, like those are the divisions where you actually have like depth and you have like athletic, athletic stuff. But the amount of countries where you find uh, women who like cut weight to get to like one fifty five is like not many countries produce mm-hmm. women that big. Like you could have it like here in like Sweden and the Netherlands maybe. Mm-hmm. But like the best uh, female fighters like in like one and stuff like all of Asia, uh, you can, you're not getting women that big. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. they're like one oh five works, and then like. Yeah, like the standard female size who's like athletic and like ripped and not carrying extra body weight. Like 115 seems the best for like depth. Like UFC should have a lightweight women's, but let them take uh, steroids. Like, <laughs> no <laughs> testing. <laughs> Everyone is fun. just ripped like Chris Cyborg. But they should have like yeah. a separate division for everybody who wants to take steroids. Mm. Like the Vitor, I don't know, like all of them. Yeah. But uh, they should really just do like a women's like... Uh, like heavyweight where you just treat it like you can go any heavier mm. so if you like 145 and anything above oh okay. like you have There's someone no like amanda nunez or you could do it 135 i guess but like how many women are skilled enough to beat amanda nunez even if they outweigh her by like 30 pounds mm. not many but it could make it at least interesting enough to get some like heavier women involved because like as it is now bantamweight's not even very like I said, like, Juliana Pena, we don't know who she fought. Mm. <laughs> Can you name anyone? I know she lost to Valentina, like, four or five years ago. Yeah. Like, there's not a division where you're like, oh, there's all these names in the top ten. Like, if you looked at the top ten at women's bantamweight, like, <laughs> it's just it's sort of thing about, of, uh, I don't remember any of these women's fights. 
it's, a, it's even a flyweight belly is mm-hmm. like so yeah like having a featherweight and lightweight class you're just like who are yeah. these people yeah i think strawweight is the most like it's so fun yeah, so, yeah generally good. you guys think if bruce lee was alive and in the <laughs> ufc would he be actually good no, mm-hmm. no. But I, I hope so <laughs> I hope so right? I mean he, like, he would be like probably featherweight-ish or maybe less maybe less yeah like, yeah I think less because he was lean <laughs> like, what's, yeah, the, what's less than featherweight bantamweight yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I don't know how good he was like he was he was obviously a pioneer as a martial artist mm-hmm. like in a traditional sense but, but he like, never had like fought like in matches yeah or stuff. people mm-hmm. say there's probably just sort of like oh the secret yeah. kumite in the woods type thing but haven't you seen him once up in a uh, time in hollywood yeah yeah <laughs> that was fine but like yeah like there's no knowing how good anyone would be if they've never actually been in a competitive fight against a trained person so like all these people that you think of as like badasses mm-hmm. it's sort of like oh chances are they would lose against a guy with who's like one and two in mma <laughs> like you know it's sort of it doesn't really count for anything if you've never done even competitive sparring yeah now, some of these martial arts you never do competitive sparring mm-hmm. so like oh yeah i've got great cutters i do like great <laughs> yeah, movements yeah, yeah. And you're like it means nothing <laughs> it doesn't everybody mean has a plan until they get punched in the face yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's like the uh, uh detroit uh have you guys seen that one? Detroit uh, uh, self defense. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love it's, it's like oh, a TikTok so, thing. Yeah. And, and he's, hold, and he's holding a dildo and trying oh, to. So no, he's holding oh. it. The, the thing he's holding is. It looks like a dildo. Oh, okay. okay, okay. You, mean like, okay yeah. <laughs> you haven't been watching different videos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like Detroit urban. Uh, like survival training. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these things like someone has the gun at your face, you're like, turn away the back. <laughs> yeah, turn, turn away. And it's just sort of like these techniques where you're like, you just get shot in the face. <laughs> There's all these great memes of people being like, all right, trying to do it, and then it just cuts and to them in heaven. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, that's <laughs> so good. If Alec Baldwin can shoot somebody without even pulling the trigger. There's oh, yeah. no way you're defending against. <laughs> yeah, come on. But well. yeah, but um, there's like a lot of like fake fake uh, like self-defense martial artists mm. so mm. I, I wouldn't say uh, bruce lee that was fake but like it was just so way back in time yeah, it was an era where you don't test it yeah like and like masters in whatever you're training Kung Fu master, you never yeah. push the master you never question the master mm, yeah, it's like yeah. too much built like a kind of religion military system where it's like no one knows how good the guy is because it's been 20 years since you were allowed to even like question what they're doing mm-hmm. it's like it's a cult like, yeah it really is cult. Cool, and I know, like, uh, there's so many legit uh, martial arts. We don't usually call them martial arts because they're, like, been tested. Like, But, like, when you've watched boxing or kickboxing or judo, like, oh, you have Olympic sports where, like, people have to train for years and, like, perform on, like, the highest level against all the people around the world. And you're like, oh, then you know it works. But then yeah. to be like, no, this is definitely better than that. There's zero footage of anyone ever using it. But trust me, this works better <laughs> than uh, these things that work in the Olympics. You're like, no, uh, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like self-defense courses are kind of interesting. Like if they're not taught in an actual martial arts gym, then like who is teaching that stuff? Because like you could just train a sport. You just train boxing or train yeah. uh, jiu-jitsu or wrestling but like being like no i'm just gonna do a course where they're just like and strike to the neck then run away or sort of like <laughs> and every single move you do automatically incapacitates yeah, whoever's yeah. standing there just pinch this vein and then they'll go unconscious. Uh, yeah yeah there's a special I think I've spot seen like a, a video of a guy that 
uh, kind of like like took it ironically like he talks about those things and he said like every time when you try that you will finish in paradise <laughs> have you seen have you seen it no no, no. like he made like some videos and like every time they try it the guy hands up in paradise <laughs> and there's like one guy say oh no don't try don't try it's fine you're with me now in paradise <laughs> you're dead now <laughs> Yeah. What do you guys think about these celebrity fights like Jake Paul and the, uh, there are rumors that Logan Paul is fighting Mike Tyson next. <laughs> That's so wild. I mean, also that, I think it's entertaining. Like, it is entertaining. It, it is. It's stupid. The, the fights are usually not entertaining though. Oh yeah. If the yeah. fights were half good, I would find it somewhat thing. But it's usually just the hype around the it. People are like, oh yeah. shit, yeah. and then you're just watching like low-level boxing yeah. just people's curiosity yeah. what would happen if these people fought yeah. i've only seen is it, was it jake or logan paul against nate robinson that was jake yeah, yeah. Was jake, jake and like that was actually fun. that was <laughs> that wow. was fun but the, the level was like very poor like nate robinson you could see that he wasn't yeah, made yeah, for yeah. it but i think that was a good fight like people talk about it being like bad for boxing or whatever that was actually a good fight because it shows that oh, someone Someone with like not necessarily an athletic background who's done like a year or two of training yeah. against someone with an insane athletic background yeah. with no training, the athletic person gets knocked the fuck out. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right on this. So Definitely. it's actually, it was like a, at that point I, I got kind of curious because I was like, oh yeah, that's like, <laughs> like he's clowning guys who are clearly like better yeah. than him on a sports background. But like, yeah, like Nate Robinson went into that thinking like, well, I'm fast as shit. I'm going to mm -hmm. knock him out. And he like. He had no plan other than running. Yeah. He just ran and didn't know how to punch. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's a good example of, like, just Jake Paul being able to, like, throw a jab and move his feet. Yeah. It's like, oh, you knock people out if you can do that <laughs> as well. I think every guy crazy. thinks that they know how to fight, they know how mm. to punch. Like, if you just ask any random guy on the street, oh, yeah, I can... Uh, fight any guy but actual boxing actual technique how to throw a punch like it's completely yeah. different no like the moment you try and train at all like everyone all of a sudden becomes far more humble mm -hmm. <laughs> like the first if you take anyone who thinks they're tough and you take them to their first lesson in like boxing or jiu-jitsu or whatever it's immediately sort of like that people's postures change because you just realize oh i'm i'm hopeless mm. if it's not just in this, the hypothetical world in my head where yeah. like everyone first punch I throw they drop and like no matter how big they are just sort of like yeah but I'm like mentally I'm like tough enough to like <laughs> beat people up it's like it doesn't count for shit like it's not also like about technique it's like you get like adrenaline like rush like mm. it's hard to control like yeah yeah most people the moment they get punched they immediately like duck their head down and yeah, flail their arms like, you just do you something just go, like, some weird shit <laughs> yeah the world isn't an anime movie where you're just sort of like ah now you made me angry and like <laughs> I was so excited to see Evander Holyfield fight again. But oh. then I saw that fight live and oh my god, that was such a big disappointment. I haven't, I still haven't uh, seen it. Yeah, like, don't, don't, don't watch it. Yeah, you told me. <laughs> yeah. you he told was just me. like slipping and falling and he couldn't land one punch. Yeah. It was just like. Well, he was like 58, was he at the time? Yeah, I think, no, so. I think he's 60. I think he's 60. 60, you think? No, 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 I mean, 60. 60. 60. Is, he, is he younger or like older than Tyson? Is older than Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Older. older? Okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Holyfield is 59. 59? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, come on. Fighting at that age, like, what? No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> like, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, Tyson I mean, is 55. Rocky Balboa fought at 60. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. <laughs> oh, have you seen that Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone oh, movie? Oh, yeah. Like, like, grudge match? Grudge match. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> They're both, like, like 60 no. and... <laughs> It's so embarrassing. 
and nothing worse than old men acting tough. Like, do, uh, it's fun though did, to watch. Did you watch uh, The Irishman? Yeah, I've seen. Uh, there's like when Robert De Niro is meant wait, to be. Who, who's the? Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, the Scorsese. Yeah, the Scorsese. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And he's like meant to be younger. And like, there's a scene where he like beats a guy up, and he's moving like an old man. <laughs> and I, I had to like look away because I was like, "This is." I don't want to see Robert De Niro obviously moving like a granddad. Like, there's literally just like, if you pushed him, there'd be a risk that he dies because he, he wouldn't be able to react. His balance is like, Ugh. yeah, like it just looks so bad when you're like, oh, he has zero athleticism in his body left. Like, not even like oh, being athletic, but just sort of like being able to show coordination with any speed mm. it's just sort of like moving like that he was about to fall over yeah it's just like but like uh, oh like God. i was thinking like mma movies i like the like um here comes the boom oh yeah i've seen <laughs> that Actually, so kevin many james. times yeah. like it's obviously like kevin james is not a good like actor in that way but mm. like i like the entertainment of that and like warrior mm. is like, i know a lot of people like warrior but, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what I think about that one. Like, have you seen that one? No. Who uh, Tom it? Hardy and Joel uh, Edgerton. Edgerton, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Australian guy. You never seen that one? That's like the it's most famous, famous yeah. uh, MMA movie. Mm. I think. It was well like written and stuff, but then when the moment it comes to the fight sequences, you just have to kind of ignore. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what on. I hated. Yeah. About. I think it's the same for every kind of uh, sport. like sport oh, movie, yeah. like yeah. fighting movies, like. Like I said, like Rocky, when you look at it, you look yeah, the fight and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Actually, the first Rocky is the best. The first is the best. Yeah, I love In terms of fight, yeah. is the best. Yeah. The more realistic. But then, like, you look the one against yeah. uh, Drago mm -hmm. and you hear the punch also, you're like, come on. And he, like, like, turns you around cannot all the take way. those things in your face. It's, it's not possible. Like, yeah. you cannot survive that. And yeah. The whole, like, if he dies, he dies thing. And so, like, <laughs> his, no one thrown in the towel, everyone just, like, watching him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so have you guys seen creed yeah I've i watched the first yeah, one i've seen both i've seen it, both also it's kind of the same uh mm. same but I, I do think it's a good like modern version of uh rocky yeah, in a way yeah. Look, recently i watched the best boxing film i'd ever watched in terms of the actual boxing it's called like a uh, jawbone it's mm -hmm. not very it's not very famous or anything yeah. but it's a british film and it's clearly just made by someone who like loved boxing in terms of okay. training it not just someone who's like a fantasy hollywood version because mm -hmm. there's nothing hollywood about it it's just about a guy who used to box when he was younger being short on money and taking like an underground dirty fight where you get like taken yeah. advantage of there's all these details and the actual sequences the way they shot it that's the closest i've seen anything to like a real to fight a real where fight. you're like oh this isn't making me cringe mm -hmm. and it's not even like like the way it's shot is actually sort of like yeah it's messy and it's like all over the place it's still like a movie so it's like oh he's getting beaten up and he comes back oh shit but like it just wasn't done in this way of like they stand there taking 20 punches in a row going oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. and then just throw like one magic punch that knocks them out type thing it's actually like all these fun little details well, about it was, was there cool. any famous in it um like famous british actors but not like globally well, what's the name uh like um uh oh god i forget their names is now. it hold it's like a whole movie a home, what, a what movie? Hold, like, uh, is it like a dated movie? Oh, like? no, no. It's like from like uh, 2015 or something okay. like that. Uh, but um, Ray Winston, he's in it. Ray okay. He's in like Sexy <laughs> Beast and stuff. He was like quite famous actor. But maybe I will recognize him. Yeah. Jordan. It's really good. Like the actors yeah. in it are good. And it's a, it's not a fancy story or anything like that. Mm -hmm. it's not oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing in Creed... That's weird because it should be better in terms of fighting because they take real fighters 
Like, have you seen uh, yeah. Creed? Uh, in the, it, I think in the first one, they yeah. take like real fa- And even the, the both, I think one is uh, Tony Bello. Yeah, Tony Bello. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and you look the fight and you're like, no, that's not the way it's supposed to fight because you know how to fight. Mm. So, I think probably the realizator says, like, okay, you have to fight that way. He has to be like shiny, sparkly, yeah. and yeah. yeah. Honestly, what made that movie for me was. Uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone, uh, his acting. That's what I like mm-hmm. with the movie. I, yeah. th- I think he was kind of the better part of yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between yeah. him and... Uh, Michael B. Uh, Michael yeah, B. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as an idea of a film, it's just sort of like another one of those Hollywood films where they're just like, we don't really want to write anything new, so can we just make mm-hmm. a film we made before but just sort of like reshoot the scene? Yeah. Basically. So I was just like... A, yeah. I was watching it just like, ah, like... They could have done something interesting, but instead they want to make the exact same story again. But this time it's like, oh, it's Creed's son. And that's a, like, they just have the little intro thing of like, oh, see, it's Creed's son. They show the pictures. And now it's just a generic boxing story again. And like he fought <laughs> in the same trunks. That was the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, second one also had like a continuity that he, the opponent is Drago's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's always just the same thing of sort of like, oh, I don't know if I should fight. Maybe mm-hmm. I should fight. And then the coach being like, I don't want to coach you. You're not ready. Uh, now that you show yeah. you how much you committed, and I'm going to train you. And that was stupid because he, he didn't have a coach for like all of his life or something. And then he started training at like a late age. Like yeah. he tra- it feels like he trained a couple of months before he actually like had a fight with the Rocky like that he set up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen Bruce? I heard it's really bad. Bruce. Bruce. Oh, the one in the Netflix one yeah. uh, now. And the new Haley Berry movie and Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, well, oh and... yeah. Well, I saw instantly that I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I saw the trailer yeah. exactly like a, like a Rocky esque oh, movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Like a failed fighter who lost a fight and then nobody thinks they're really good and then mm-hmm. they make a comeback and stuff like that. I usually look the IMDb uh, ranking oh, yeah. like, and yeah. it wasn't good. So I'm. How, like, how much was it? Do you I think it was five points. Oh, something. okay, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm usually also very skeptical to Netflix movies. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like them. There's a lot of them. Is, I they pump liked. out fifty. One of them's actually pretty good, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. they're not too bad. And then just the majority of them, they're not like awful, but it will just be sort of yeah, a five very point ever, four, yeah, like a very, five yeah. point eight, and you're just yeah. like, I'm not wasting my evening. Yeah. But I, I did like uh, like the it was a huge one uh, Bird Box I, I thought that was kind of okay. okay wasn't it like, like a horror movie or yeah movie or she something couldn't like see she had we like were Sandra the, Bullock yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. yeah yeah I've seen that one yeah yeah but there's so, yeah, there's okay. so many bad ones for like for one good one there's like 10 bad ones yeah yeah but they have good shows though. Like Netflix make good series. adaptations, like The Witcher or mm. like uh, Cowboy Bebop. They make good adaptations, but yeah, when it's yeah. an original, they are not so good. Mm. But it's funny with Halle Berry and that Bruce thing. I mean, we were talking about uh, when we watched the UFC on my place, mm. and we just sort of like, oh, yeah, Halle Berry is like she's still gorgeous and she was yeah. great. But then I got thinking of like, when was the last good Halle Berry movie? <laughs> and then I was like, wait. Uh, when she when was a good Hollywood? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she yeah. was good in John Wick, like, but she wasn't uh-huh. the main character. But that was oh a good... yeah, that's uh, and, uh, there that was, was yeah. yeah, that was good. But there were rumors that uh, her character is getting her own movie. Oh, okay. The only thing that I remember about her is like when she's walking at the beach on the. Oh, James, like, Bond. James, James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. That's oh, the only yeah, thing yeah. I to remember. To die another day. Or yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, like I was thinking, like, oh, she's so like iconic, but I can't think of anything no, she's been yeah. in. <laughs> like, I agree. Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, I oh. didn't even watch Catwoman. Yeah. That's the weird thing. She's that, that's like, one of the worst moves ever, though. Yeah. I kind of like Catwoman when I was young. Mm-hmm. Probably because I was young and yeah. she was oh, half naked. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, right around age 13, I really got into watching that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but um, um, but was it that was just a bad era for movies like late well, 90s, like, yeah, early 2000s? That the bad Daredevil, Ben Affleck movie, and then yeah, superhero oh, movies weren't su- even good. Yeah, yeah. superhero movies were like, horrible. The first Spider Mans and stuff, like yo, that, that was, was good. Hey. Like, I didn't I mean, like them so much. They, they were good at the time. Yeah. Watching back, they're like, nah, mm-hmm. like I feel like so many movies from that era, like there's not many rewatchable ones. Yeah. And, uh, what you mean, like superhero or no? Just like mainstream blockbusters. Regular. Like so many of the movies from that era, I never go back and watch. I mean, they were good, like Jurassic Park, Saving and Heavy yeah. Ryan. Yeah. There's some yeah. good classic movies. Yeah, I guess. Jurassic Park, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. I think that was the first ever movie I watched in the theater. Yeah, Jurassic really? Park. Oh, three, which one is three. the first that I've seen in theater in cinema? I don't know. Actually. What's like an early movie memory you have, like? Yeah. I, I think, think Harry Potter. Shrek. That's one of the first. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Remember going to see Shrek? I think it was Jurassic Park, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think, but I think it was Jurassic Park 2, actually. Actually, uh, what happened s- in the second one? S- that was um, second one? when they're in another island and it's with... Uh, the uh, kids? No, no, that's yeah, Jeff, there's the black Jeff, kid. There's a, yeah, the black kid. Jeff Goldblum yeah. uh, as the main a character. And it's his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it actually his daughter or stepdaughter? I can't remember. Daughter. Yeah. She didn't look oh, very... Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember Goldblum-y. that one. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, they're in, like, a different island where they had stuff. And there's, like, these mercenaries trying to, like, capture them for a business person. Yeah, and yeah. And they end up in, like, L.A., yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a T-Rex loose in LA. <laughs> what do you think of the Wait, new wasn't ones? that the third one? No, the, the third one is the worst one. one. The third one was the worst. It was like a, I think a couple get... like was okay, trying to okay. find okay. their kid in an island. This one was really, oh, really bad. Mm. But the third one, that was where it's like uh, he had to go back. The main character from the first one. Yeah, the old yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not the older. Oh, guy, I mean, the, the guy no, with the cowboy hat. They're yeah. like doing paragliding, yeah. and then he yeah. like gets stuck. And he has a weird dream where a raptor's talking to him. He's like, oh, Alan, yeah, yeah. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so But then there was a really scary scene in that one. Remember in the when they're in the bird cage and they have to walk um, to like this railing in the fog, mm. and then uh, I think Jeff Goldblum's character or someone. Is walking and then in the fog is actually the big. Uh, oh, you dinosaur. think it's a person coming yeah, back? Yeah, and yeah. It's like a pterodactyl. Mm, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. Really I just remember scary. the scene where there was a phone inside of the poop. Inside the poop, yeah. The dinosaur poop. Oh yeah, that's in the first one, no? That's yeah. the third one. The third, third one, one yeah. Mm. Do you guys remember the first one? The like, it's one of the first time a character dies. It's like a. A dinosaur that like oh yeah he, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like yeah, oh, yeah. with yeah. the cause and it's, oh, with it's, the, the, the the guy was big like yeah, with the, yeah. yeah, yeah. he yeah. was stealing data. oh that's the guy from Seinfeld yeah I mean. Newman from Seinfeld yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get spit in the face yeah that really yeah. scared me yeah. when yeah, I was a kid yeah, yeah. I was like shit <laughs> but um as far as like I would rather be chased by a T Rex than a Velociraptor. As a kid, that was like yeah. the scariest thing. Velociraptors, yeah. the fast ones, like yeah. I actually wasn't scared. I was actually uh, scared by those little ones, like the baby velociraptors, um, and there were like hundred of them. And they they, like, they ate the kid in the beginning at the beach. That oh, was yeah. like, Maybe. yeah. Did, don't that, you remember that she had like food? 
You remember I, that I, I remember the scene. I can't remember if it's in they the They didn't kill a kid in that yeah, movie, yeah. did it? Yeah, she, she... You don't she, see it happen. She had, no, you don't see it happening. But, <laughs> but she, had like a, she had like an ice cream or something and they wanted it. So they all just like... <laughs> and yeah, you couldn't see oh. it. But yeah, you just assume. Yeah. But that was a hilarious time for like when they represent technology. And they're like, damn, we can't hack in. It's a firewall. And they're trying to show, like, <laughs> and it's just Let sort of like, hack. we don't know the password. We're going <laughs> to have bypass. And it's just sort of like, yeah, just like tapping spacebar. But that was when computers was like, it looked like in the Matrix, yeah. like how the Matrix looks. Yeah. Command prompt. <laughs> now I remember the, the movie, the first movie I've seen in cinema. It's uh, Independence Day. Oh, um, really? And I still love that. that one. Like, I love that movie. Did you like the new one as well? I haven't watched it. Okay, yeah. I cannot watch Come it <laughs> but the the old one yeah i like that one as well the independence day that was good but that's the type of movie that i like like apocalyptic yeah. a little yeah. bit like oh they coming they try to kill us and then all the humanity try yeah. to fight together <laughs> that, that, that was like a that's peak 90s film yeah, yeah. Where it's like will smith and you've got product placement everywhere everyone's drinking <laughs> like pepsi or whatever in every scene exactly <gasps> okay back to work and there was also uh jeff uh jeff Goldblum yeah that. yeah yeah Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the so uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. I never yeah. seen that movie. What you haven't? It's uh, I think it was like at the time it was the biggest opening ever or something. It was like one of the oh, biggest. It was movies. huge. It was huge. Yeah. yeah, it was a really big movie. But don't don't watch it. You won't like it. I, I the think the only Will Smith movie great. I like is I Am Legend. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, good. that's, a, that's I was a, young when I really watched it and like the concept of it. Okay, which one do you hate the most? <laughs> the Will Smith movie. Yeah. I, I Robot was pretty well. <laughs> oh, actually, I like I I'm a legend. The the only problem is I don't like when zombie are too smart. And I thought oh, that they fast. were like, yeah, and fast. <laughs> and they run. I don't like it. I was like, oh, fuck. But that. do you remember that movie had two endings? Yeah, two different endings? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In one ending, he survives. And then in the uh, one ending, he like kill, picks a grenade himself, and yeah. kills himself. Mm. I've seen the one where he dies, but not mm. uh, okay. Yeah, there's one where he gives the zombie like the his whatever partner or whatever, mm. and then the zombies all go away. Yeah, they let him live. Oh, and but... he drives off to like a yeah, to the safe haven. Yeah, yeah. So he gave he gave he, what what did he do? He so has, he was experimenting. He cured, like the wife of the main zombie. Yeah, <laughs> and gives her back. And the zombie just go. Uh, he's like, okay, yes. you gave me the wife back. Okay, yeah, yeah, very no, cool. I, I will not watch. That. <laughs> Apparently, that makes more sense in the books. I haven't read the book, uh, but it's yeah. the the reason why it's called I Am Legend is that like turns out he's the legend that the zombies talk about of like this evil guy goes uh, around killing them. So it's like this p- time to like humanize the zombies is like oh they're not mindless animals. They actually just wanted to like get back like a loved one, and he was the one keeping her, and that's why they were trying to kill him type thing, which is like kind of would be an interesting thing except they didn't like explore that at all in the yeah, film it's yeah. just him randomly like doing mm. action sequences but i actually remember my first movie as well yeah i, I saw spy kids <gasps> i oh, love spy kids <laughs> when i was young I oh spy, spy kids was the shit what it is about it's like a whole world of spies. Have, have you seen kids. that like a yeah, gif of antonio banderas he like leans back and does like it's like the one of the like go to gifts uh, everybody use like that's like from that movie. No, you don't know that. No, okay. <laughs> I remember uh, this. Uh, I think in the first and second one where Steve Buscemi is in it. 
Spy Kids. In the first Spy Kids. I think it might be the first where they go to an island and they're like different yeah. weird monsters. No, that's the second one. Second one. Yeah. And then I remember this quote and he says that um, God has neglected us because what we have done or something like that. I don't He's, no, is is uh, does God fear humanity because what we have become something like that? You were like a kid watching that, like that's mm, deep, that's bro. Deep. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get that tattooed one. <laughs> Wait, is Steve Buscemi the ugliest actor oh, in Hollywood? Uh, yeah. He might be. Him or Ron Perlman? Like it's between those. <laughs> uh, there's this like random film where they cast uh, Steve Buscemi to play like King Richard the Lionheart. <laughs> <laughs> what? I found it so jarring. Like it was an interesting film up until that, and then just like what. Well, Italian American guy, they just put a blonde wig on him and be like, I'm an English king. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Did he do the accent? Awful. Good? Uh, yeah, the accent was He's a bad, good actor, though. He's, yeah, he's a good just, actor. It yeah. just looks so off, like his mm. face, and then they just put like a, a golden like mustache and like hair on him. Like, all right, like, random it, m- it might be historically accurate because back in the day, the, all of those kings were inbred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, true, true. They were thinking one step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, to be fair though, he wasn't. He was born in France, so he's less inbred. Oh, really? If you're born in England and you're on an island, there's like <laughs> lots of that going on. But he was basically French, so he had at least something, some way to escape. <laughs> I'm watching this new HBO Max series called The Great. It's about right. Catherine oh, the Great. Right, right. It's like really good, and then it, it's like a comedy. Yeah, it's yeah. really good, like really well written comedy. And like then I realized like all of these like all European kings were related to one another. The cousins or yeah. German was ruling Russia, and then they uh, they married off their daughter to like uh, Italy or something like. They're all like kind of connected. Was that the yeah. queen? That yeah, the queen okay. was actually German, and then she went to Russia, married the uh, king there, and then he t- she took over. So Russia was actually ruled by a German queen. Mm. Oh really? But That's, this has happened all over. Yeah, Europe. yeah. This was like Queen Victoria as well. Like she was married to uh, Prince Albert, who was German, and then like the Tsars of uh, Russia, they were like related to the British royalty, mm. and then British German royalty was also running like Greece and the Habsburgs in Austria and so Spain this is people this is, everywhere no. <laughs> runs like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's all inbred. So, <laughs> but. It's also kind of, you know, like the British royal family when the uh, First World War, I think it was, was, they changed their name because their actual name is like the Coburg Saxo Goffers or whatever. They just have a German name and they're like, we're fighting the Germans. We're going to call ourselves the Windsors. We're now the Windsors. But they're just all German. I don't, they're I don't not English. know the real, like, is that the real, uh, their official uh, last name? Official last name is Windsor. No, yeah. Windler? Windsor. Windsor. Like Windsor Castle. Like. But their line is from Germany? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're all German. Like, <laughs> they're not very English at all. I think they're Swedish family. They're guaranteed uh, German. You think yeah, so? Yeah. The Queen uh, is German. Oh, yeah, I think she is. I don't know. If the Swedes uh, always have very close ties with Germany. Yeah, so well, sure. this is probably something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, the royals are inbred. <laughs> We're just you're like, all right, they're from all around these different countries, and somehow they're still like the same two families mm. running. <laughs> all right, but I was watching this new Joe Rogan podcast, and the guest was talking about like ancient civilizations, especially mm-hmm. like the Egyptians, and uh, scientists have actually found like uh, a lo- location in the Sahara Desert. The thing Atlantis was there. And it was like really uh, interesting how like in in Egypt, like 
we we think like the pyramids started like uh, twelve thousand years ago, but they were like even actually like way 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 back. Oh yeah, I remember uh, this is a long time ago. They had someone on Joe Rogan mm. where there's like they have a new theory. Like yeah, initially, yeah. they think it was built like three thousand five hundred BC, and then there's a new theory that oh, it might be like uh, twelve thousand five hundred, mm. like because of like some weather aging on like yeah. the bottom of the Sphinx or something. But like. Yeah, like it's so hard to tell. And like whenever you hear on Joe Rogan podcast, they say, well, scientists say. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. it'll be like 99.9% of scientists don't say this, yeah. but he's found the one guy yeah. who's like, <laughs> mm -hmm. well, let me tell you what I think. And from then on, Joe Rogan's going to be like, well, do you know that scientific community believe? And you're just yeah. like, no. He usually brings in guests where uh, the, the guest is the only one like sticking with that theory and yeah, exactly. none of the other science community believes that. Yeah. But I find like really interesting how the earth was super, like the Sahara Desert was all like a forest before like mm. a lush forest and like the amazon is actually all man planted it used to be like cities there huh. like the world has changed a lot wait no. wait is the amazon man planted yeah 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 how can you know that for sure though it's just no, they did all the like they can check the scientists can do experiments on the plants and all the soil and they did this kind of like reading from uh satellites or whatever like above ground where it shows like behind under all these trees actually structures like there were cities there before. Oh yeah, that yeah, it, it was all connected. Yeah, and then the the plants kind of but, took but over. Actually being planted by them. Yeah, yeah, not that, like planted, planted, but like they introduce it. Yeah, they introduce and then it. Gets it overgrown and, and yeah, it's yeah. Spread, I guess. Uh -huh. Like I heard, like Sweden's most of Sweden forests are also man-made. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I wonder. Uh, I mean. Like so many like ecosystems like have just been like completely changed the moment people arrived there. Like, I was thinking maybe this like whole climate change like I obviously believe that we are having an impact on with the carbon emissions and all that stuff. But maybe there is kind of like a uh, this is kind of inevitable inevitable like the transition like yeah. mm. the earth has gone through so many phases the ice mm -hmm. age and then forests become deserts and the sea like changes course I think this is just another transitionary period yeah yeah, I think definitely so it's just that like the whole greenhouse effect is like scientifically proven mm. and like so we're definitely affecting it on mass but there is like natural fluctuations I remember when I was uh, studying like, history when I was like 18 I was reading how like in uh 16th century England, they used to have their Christmas parades on the River Thames because it would be frozen solid. I was like, my lifetime or like my parents and grandparents' lifetime, that's never happened. But then you go back to like the uh, 12th century and they used to grow like wine in vineyards in Scotland because it was so hot. And so you have these massive fluctuations where like, oh yeah, everywhere is just real cold in the winter. And then 500 years later, everywhere is just like boiling hot to the way mm. it's sort of like an exotic climate in Scotland. Mm. And it's a sort of, uh, it does change dramatically. Uh, so, yeah, like we shouldn't be under the impression that it's like, oh, yeah, it would just be exactly the same forever if we didn't interfere with it. But we also like have no idea. We're just like seeing the top of the iceberg in terms of like mm. our interference. Because apparently like the data we've got on like our effect of like carbon dioxide and all the rest of it, we're only just figuring out like the long-term effects of like the industrial revolution like it's like oh, yeah. long -term. it's not that long ago in like yeah. historic perspective no but right. still like what we've done in the last like 100 years no it's crazy you're, yeah you're like we haven't seen the full effects of that yet we're just seeing the effects of like the initial <laughs> introduction of industrial uh manufacturing and everything mm. so it's like 
if we stopped everything now, like literally tomorrow, everything went super green. It's like, yeah, it's going to be a long time before like yeah. <laughs> anything starts to like show the positive effects of that. Like, Do you guys believe there is a possibility that we will reverse all this damage we've done? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe not reverse, but just like change it to where like, like it won't just be like, oh, we can just find a way of like just making all our effects disappear, mm-hmm. but find ways of like counterbalancing it. I think we can do that. Like, how can you counterbalance like the like things disappearing, like permanently? not like that? Mm. Not like we can reverse extinction, but I guess we can reverse maybe uh, taking out all the plastic from the sea or like mm. uh, converting the carbon dioxide in the air. Like, we can reverse those kind of things. I feel like that's so far away, though. Like mm-hmm. cleaning, like the sea, mm. like. Yeah, there's just so much. Isn't yeah. there like a mess in the specific ocean, which like the plastic mass as big as the state of Texas? Yeah, it sounds oh, crazy. Shit. Yeah, yeah. But like, I do think I don't know about all the plastic and all that stuff because that's just like on a scale that we can't begin. But like things like atmospheric stuff, I can imagine there's like gonna they're gonna find technology to like artificially like introduce like redu- or reduce like carbon in the atmosphere but it will fuck it up like you don't get to do anything for free we can't just change it and just be like oh we're just gonna hit the undo button and like return everything uh to how it was but like i'm sure like we'll come up with something it's just like whether it'll be too little too late or like if that thing will cause long-term problems you know like we have no like idea and i don't think it's happening anytime soon like there's there's no hint of like real progression in like global politics yeah, do you think uh, we'll yeah. be able to like to create like rains on or like cold weather there's one movie uh like that i don't remember the name oh, geostorm i think so I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah they are actually so. doing it now uh, a few months back dubai created artificial mm. rain are you serious yeah yeah but how do you uh, they can like uh like put some things in the clouds to like activate the clouds to pour down rain yeah i know because i know i think in like dubai and stuff they've been doing that for a while in terms of uh trying to increase like cloud coverage mm. i don't know uh, i guess the rain thing is new but i know that's like a thing they're working on just sort of like yeah like you change the um like uh moisture levels mm. in the air and you can get like cloud coverage and stuff yeah but yeah created they can rain. manipulate oh. like that it's just a matter like i'm sure we can figure out technology for crazy things but like to the point where it's like commercially viable to do on a large scale like yeah, yeah. oh for one off we can now sort of like we've managed to clean up this sort of like very small ocean but it costs us an insane amount so we're not going to invest in cleaning up larger oceans type of thing like, like we can't even clean up the ocean though like uh, you can't like uh, there's uh we can't we know more about space than ocean it's so much we can't go like uh, to the bottom of the hmm. uh, sea well we, we do we need to worry about pollution at the bottom of the pacific ocean well why wouldn't why shouldn't we it's plastic it's in the uh, water but it mainly float to the top right that's like uh, does mm. all things float into the top most of them i guess yeah. huh? most i think floats on the top uh, well imagine just like a bottle just like water in it it's gonna mm. it's gonna sink mm. i mean there's so much in the bottom yeah, I, I guess we but, start on the surface. Yeah, yeah like, but, what, but, you, but like, but yeah. like, you can't go down. Like the density is too big. Yeah, man. that's it. Once you get to a yeah. certain level, just the normal, it's not just going to sink to the bottom. Mm. Of oh, the okay, yeah, you know? yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. 
But yeah, I mean, I, we're not going to make any change because all the co- big corporations that are actually contributing, they don't they don't have any intentions of investing in big change. Yeah. Like, and I don't like how the how Amazon and Elon Musk are investing to go into mm. space. Like, why don't you invest that yeah. money to develop technology to make the Earth better first? Yeah, no, like, I agree. I, I I found it so sickening when they're doing the space flight flight thing. Mm. And there's this brilliant. Um, uh like a poem by gil scott heron uh and it's initially about like the when they went to the moon in the 60s uh, they never went to the moon uh, okay. <laughs> <Either> <laughs> but it's called whitey on the moon and it's all about like saying like uh uh not being able to pay your like uh medical bills or your rent uh as a black person in america but meanwhile white people can go to the moon yeah and saying that the fucking Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they're doing space programs in the biggest economic crisis globally that we're seeing. Like Everyone's like, oh, we're losing our jobs and we can't leave our house. And they're like, do you want to fly into space? <laughs> like, the arrogance yeah. to be like, tell you what, the world is like struggling on mass economically. How about we try, and we're the only people getting richer. We're somehow like increasing our wealth like exponentially during this economic crisis. Let's just spend that on something completely frivolous for our own entertainment. It was like it was so sickening, and the fact that some people were actually like treating Elon Musk like he's a cool, like whoa, he's mm. like an explorative, ambitious, like new thinker, and you're like, nah, he's like an arrogant asshole who's sort of like could change the world dramatically for the better, but instead he just does ego trips. Is it exactly yeah? I've thought about that same thing so many times like if you compare the earth to like the whole Milky Way galaxy universe whatever we're such a tiny place but in this tiny place like there are people who are going to space and then while there are people in like let's say rural Pakistan who don't even know what YouTube is like there's such a big difference in uh, how people are living yeah and it feels like so much of our like so-called like progression in society is just about getting people that have already seen the most progression like it's slowly refining it to the people point where you get like oh elon musk we're improving the life of elon musk now mm. that's what human progress is mainly yeah, focused yeah, yeah. on you just refine it down to like one or two people mm. because like initial progress is in sort of like well we've increased sort of like agriculture and things like that it's like feeds an entire sort of like community and people and then now it's just sort of like all right we want to increase sort of like how iphones work and we want to increase sort of like nanotech yeah. or sort of like all this pointless stuff that like will only serve the elite and sort of like oh artificial intelligence but meanwhile we like yeah can't get sort of like basics sort of like infrastructure built in like parts of the world that have needed it for decades upon decades As, why is that you think uh because none of it's being done for sort of altruistic reasons it's just, just purely like what's the benefit yeah the people that can affect change choose to only affect change for themselves for themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. so just yeah it, it it's weird like it feels like we're in such a time of like new ideas and thinking forward and all the rest of it but somehow the world is getting smaller and smaller in terms of like who actually gets a say in anything like we're less democratic now it feels like like democracy has less meaning like we're just sort of like eventually it's not even like aristocracy like that's the dream right now if we could get back to just having like aristocrats but instead we just get like one or two billionaires can just be like oh yeah we just decide how everything goes now mm. it's just like 
yeah, it's so gross. I would like also. a benevolent dictator to come over, just take over everything, just fix. <laughs> okay, yeah. like, like isn't that what they all think they do? <laughs> no, what, not really. Like, but... Most of them know they're not benevolent. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I think so. Absolute yeah. power corrupts absolutely. So. Yeah. I, I, I convinced that like very few good people have ever like managed to gain control. Like that's the thing of like. When, people critique like revolutions and things like that you just sort of like well it's because they've only happened in places where horrible bastards have used it as a reasoning it's just like they're usually gangsters basically they're just political gangsters <laughs> tend to affect change you yeah. don't get like tell you what i'm a really good guy who cares about the man on the street i'm gonna lead a revolution and like kill off the current like people in control it's like no you need like hard-nosed ambitious like selfish people to get that done you don't get that like, from being sort of like just a all-round cool guy. <laughs> doesn't happen. Do you still believe in politics? Um, not really. I would say less than I used to before. Yeah. Especially, I got into politics when I was uh, let's say during the nine two thousand fifteen fourteen when there were elections going on in Pakistan mm -hmm. and our former prime minister, like super corrupt guy. And so this new guy uh, who used to be a, a cricketer, like a cricket captain, mm -hmm. yeah. and he was like, everybody was like, oh, he's a good guy. He's a genuinely good guy. He has no corruption charges, no anything. But as soon as everybody else started seeing, oh, he's going to win, so all the corrupt guys just joined his party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though yeah. it's just one guy who's at the top who wants good intentions, everybody under him are the same corrupt people yeah. who are in previous governments so it doesn't change yeah. yeah so one changing one person doesn't change the system you know the mm. whole system is corrupt mm. down from the lower level all the way to the top yeah that's it like for a real change you do need like that ruthlessly bloody sort of like oh we're just killing off the entire current regime mm. to create something entirely new doesn't tend to lead to good things still but it's like you can't just yeah you can't just change the face on the front of it it's like it's still the exact same body and like yeah it's politics becomes so depressing now i yeah. feel like we used to have more like ignorance in the past where you could just be in this world of sort of like it was also corrupt it's not like corruption is like an invention that's just come along but it's like people used to believe in politics whereas now like the only people that believe are like nutjobs <laughs> like maga hat wearing types so you just sort of like i can't understand how you can like watch any kind of like uh political uh party or like uh any like real sort of movement and just not see how it's all like how can you have real faith in it it's yeah. hard so hard yeah i mean it's so fake and politicians are so petty like everybody knows everything is fake yeah. yeah they're all doing this for show just look at what yeah. happened in the swedish like the prime minister the first woman prime minister <laughs> yeah. wow seven hours seven hours later <laughs> resigns and everybody knew she was going to come become prime minister again after a few days mm. but it's all just for a show and it's petty things show, yeah. and yeah only show yeah. Just like, like if you're from the left you like they never say oh yeah what's the right have done was good like it's always oh yeah but they could have done better and this they, have, they haven't done like can you just say that what your like opponent have said or done was good like just once like it's always like oh no it's that's not good enough like if we are in the power we'll do better but then they just see that they cannot do anything oh no it's the crisis oh yeah like come on like it's all the same like and again and again and we still believe that they're gonna change anything but 
actually nothing happened like mm -hmm. and now it's like more guys like from extremist part that are coming like in france it's yeah. uh there's one guy called uh, eric zemmour is like super extremist he hates every people that are not white and there's still marine le pen so mm -hmm. basically yeah and macron is still here probably is going to be president again but people are not happy about his politics Because, yeah, in France, we like to criticize a lot also. <laughs> like, we criticize about everything, like the, the, the corona crisis. Like, oh, yeah, why we do that? Why we wear masks? Yeah, because we have to. Like, so people doesn't like him. So basically, right now, if I have to choose someone, I don't know. Like, maybe I will not vote. Like, I think that I'm really fed up with it, with politics. So I don't know. That, that's what really sucks is when you're like, all right, I get to actually have my say. And then you look at your options, it's like, Yeah, I, I don't even want to use my say. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to exercise my own power in politics exactly. because the options are so bad. Mm. They're just like, or you end up picking someone who you don't want to support, you don't like, and you don't think they're good for the country. But you're like, well, at least they're not gonna like kick out all people that don't look like me. Type thing. Like, this is literally just sort of like absolute sort of appalling immediate danger to society and then just long-term decaying like sort of like corruption of society mm. like oh great these are my two choices it's just so underwhelming that it makes you feel like you don't want to vote yeah you're just like that how can i complain about the political situation and yet it's so bad that i don't even want to exercise exactly. my own engagement in it Damn, uh, yeah. like, no there are no longer good and bad options it's just bad and worse options yeah exactly yeah And like, no matter what side you're on, like even if you're like uh, traditionally like right wing and being like, I believe in like conservative values and sort of smaller government and all this stuff, you're like, still, if you actually were honest and look at the options on the right, most of them are lunatics who wouldn't want to support. And it's just sort of like, yeah, but I really don't like the left. Yeah. And then people on the left are like, oh, yeah, well, these people are just neoliberals. They don't really care about society, but at least they're not openly racist like the other side. And it's like, you're just voting because you're like, the other side is so appalling. But no one really supports their own. Are like political sides anymore because they're just sort of like clearly just it's just an all, all a facade it's just all corrupt mm -hmm. and it's just sort of like nothing will change for the positive yeah for me it's i just i just think of it like as this like two sides they're like both sides have a point but everybody want to act like the other side don't have a point so it kind of bores me like i'm I, i'm not interested in like what choices i have Like, <laughs> they no, bore I me. Feel like, you, uh, like I'm, I'm not interested. Like, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, this is why I, I find like, like uh, studying like when fascism first turned up as so like interesting right now, because they did uh, like in both Italy and Germany they marketed themselves as the third option, like the third way, and the idea was that sort of like they actually stood for change and real sort of like we're going to reorganize everything from the top down which they kind of did yeah. <laughs> like the most awful fucking way but it's like you can see why people bought into it because and with people buying into it now having their own grandparents lived through <laughs> these awful experiences but you're like the first in the past they were just like this they were actively anti-democratic the fascists because people were just like oh democracy doesn't work We don't trust the politicians, we don't trust the socialists, and we don't trust the conservatives. So like this new third option that is gonna like reorganize everything and wipe it all clean. Mm -hmm. And like they pitch themselves as like benevolent dictators, like we're gonna give strong leadership and all the rest of it. It's just sort of like you can see why it worked. And you 
it's like amazing that it's kind of working again almost like you can see like it's starting to Mm. everywhere every country in the world seems to be like shifting towards like oh here's new people turning up who are like radically right wing and use all these really old propaganda talking points that we all know lead to very bad stuff but everywhere's falling for it yeah i think that's one of the reasons trump got elected that because people were so fed up with both the republicans democrats they're basically Mm. doing the same thing and trump came and he was like oh this new path and totally change the system yeah he's clean, not a politician drain yeah. the swamp yeah. and yeah and yeah. like okay it might not be good but at least it's something different yeah yeah and like it's people new, will take very uh, bad options when they just go like we've if you voted in like four elections and you're like oh i would vote for the left and the right then left and the right and all times both left and right just fucked things up mm. you're like well fuck it might as well go for something different and like even exactly. when that something different is clearly hinting at very dangerous <laughs> ideas you're like well at least he's not a lying politician he's just brazenly <laughs> like anti this and anti that and like toxic in the open i mean that's how hitler came yeah, in exactly. power yeah. somehow so yeah i mean yeah it's just like it's somehow even with all our historical knowledge sort of like politics has gotten so stagnant that like, we're just like oh yeah we'll take another option that sort of like uses actively seeks out to use like fascist talking points yeah and be like yeah we'll vote for them because like <laughs> let's let's try again let's see if this time the fascists are yeah, good yeah, yeah. Yeah, this will be fun <laughs> but, um, Wes I want to ask you this personal question like since you have a kid now and then you uh, acknowledge how the world is kind of corrupt and you know the climate change and everything mm. how do you like think about how do you like deal with the fact that this girl is going to grow up as the world is getting you know worse and worse kind of you know what i mean like it's hard to how to raise my question in i don't the, know like uh i will say no i think the, the only thing that i'm thinking about for her it's like i just want her to be her that's mm-hmm. the only thing that matters like i want her to to feel free to say what she want to say to do what she want to do and yeah, the world is not the best. Like, there's a lot of bad things, but I think it's really important today to feel like comfortable to be yourself. So that's the only thing that matters to me. And then the rest, she will learn by herself. Um, I want her to be able to defend herself. Like, okay, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but like, make sure that you know how to protect yourself. So kind of want her to fight a little bit when mm. she will, when she will be uh, like around 5 6 i don't know what maybe judo i think it's a good uh, good sport for young kids so but yeah i don't know like maybe yeah maybe it would be a lot of talk with her then she will uh, we can debate about like a lot of stuff i don't know but i just want her to be to be herself that's the only thing that matters mm. Do you think being a father has changed you in any way? Except for getting less sleep? (laughs) Actually, yes and no. Actually, I I just sleep a little bit less. Of course, I'm doing more things. I'm kind of more responsible, but I'm still me. So, yeah, I don't feel like I've changed like a lot. I don't know if you think that I've changed so much. Like, yeah, no, like if you had to change, like 
after you get a kid, you should probably shouldn't get a kid. Like, yeah, like you should be ready to have a kid yeah. when you get a exactly. kid. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I haven't changed. I don't think I've changed. Mm-hmm. But you think you um, you have now you have a kind of like a new purpose in life. Like before, you might be just living for yourself, but then you now you have this new thing that you have to take care of, and it gives you a, a different purpose. <laughs> Yes and no. Like the only thing that I'm thinking for her, it's like, yeah, I want to make sure that she has like all the foundation so she can just be independent and do whatever she wants. Like if she wants to to jump from like buildings, if it's her things, <laughs> do that. Like it's cool. Like I just want you to to love your life. That's the only thing that I want. Like I don't I think that's that's kind of a luxury, like not so many people can say, oh, I love my life or everything that I'm doing is like great. So I want her to do that. If she wants to just take garbage in the street, if she's like, oh, that's the best thing that I would like to do, like, just do that. I will not stop you. So, yeah, my purpose is kind of make sure to, yeah, she will have the personality to 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 do whatever she wants to do. That's the only thing that I want. Yeah, nowadays, I think one of the biggest challenge for parents is uh, how their kids interact on social media. Like it, it wasn't used to be in our case, maybe or our parents' case. But now, like little kids, I see my younger sister and she has an iPhone and she's into Instagram, YouTube. I see my young nephews and my cousins who are young. And that's a big challenge because that involves another aspect on the mental health. And they start comparing um, yeah, like to other people, and Definitely. yeah, it affects them a lot. Like I think like it in, increase the the anxiety somehow mm-hmm. because yeah, like you say, like you compare yourself to other people, and you're like, oh, I don't have that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my life is bad, and no, your life is not bad because you don't have this thing that the other YouTuber or whatever has. Like, you can have like a good life without without that. But yeah, I think that's kind of human nature to compare ourselves to the others. And I think that's kind of a shame. But the thing that I'm like the most scared for my kid is actually like to I don't want my kid to be a bully Mm -hmm. because I feel like nowadays, like if you're a bully, it's not only at the school, but it follows you at home because of social media. And I've seen like I've heard like so many stories about kids that just killed themselves because, yeah, it was too much. It was like... 20 hours a day so or 20 hours 24 hours a day so yeah yeah that's the thing that i'm like the most scared so that's why i want her to be like strong enough and be like okay whatever you're gonna be if you're weird you're weird but (laughs) like make sure that you can defend yourself Mm -hmm. so that i'm very scared about because i don't know like i haven't been a bully but i've been i've been like a follower let's say like sometime, not so many times, but and now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that kid, like, if we were doing like what kid can do today, like maybe I could have killed someone somehow, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm scared about that, actually. No, I, I relate to that as well. I used to be a bully and... Uh, but the only reason I was a bully because I was bullying, being bullied by someone older mm. than me. Mm-hmm. And that's like a thing if it's like... Uh, it really comes from here. Nobody just becomes a bully. It's either something's going on in their home or something's like they're being bullied by someone else at school or something. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think about that as well. Maybe when I was used to bully people, then I don't know how they are. Yeah, they still have yeah. trauma from that, or yeah. I don't know what's going on. I actually, I still have trauma something. from my bullies as yeah. well. Mm. Yeah, I think about it. Yeah, go ahead. As I say, I think I've heard that it's a lot worse for uh, young girls now mm. because boys tend to bully more physically. And sort of like, which isn't great, <laughs> really not good. But at least social media doesn't amplify that necessarily. Whereas girls bully more through like social exclusion and all the rest of it. So like social media is like, like really tough on young yeah. girls. And like, yeah, like I, I would hate to try and sort of like navigate it now as yeah. a kid. Like having like Snapchat at nine. Like what? How do you control <laughs> that like, as a parent? Yeah. How can you control that? I don't know. Like. I mean, I've seen kids like they're like six, they already have a phone and everything. Like, I don't know. I'm actually questioning myself about like about that. Like, how can you? And it's gonna be even worse because like she's only she's like not even one year or so. Like in ten yeah. ten years, it's gonna be even worse. So I, yeah. I don't know. You don't know the technology. Yeah. that she's gonna have. It hasn't been invented. Exactly. <laughs> but have you thought at all about like uh, her like cultural identity? Like, you're gonna try and raise her French. And like try and give her French influences and make her feel connected to France. Uh, Wait, where is her mom from? Sweden. Okay, Sweden. I mean, yeah, I I want her to have like uh, to know like French culture and and all the stuff. But I actually, I'm like, okay, I don't know. She's born here, so probably she will be more influenced by Swedish culture. I just I'm just scared about the fact that maybe she will not speak French at all because mm -hmm. probably she will understand but maybe she will not want to talk but I mean she will do whatever she wants like I said but yeah uh, she will have some French uh, definitely like no she can't be like 100% Swedish so it's Swedish people but no <laughs> but you can like start when she's watching cartoon just change the language to French <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I do that actually I start to do that that's good yeah, that's, you should, uh, when you play, like, uh, games or something, like Mario Kart or something, you should put the menus on French. That's how I learned, like, English. Uh, mm. Like, I used to, like, just go through the game menus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like well, all well he that. could talk to it in French. Then going through, like, volume settings. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a great challenge to have a kid, actually. No, I That's, think, yeah, it's probably one of the biggest responsibilities a person could have. Yeah, Raising another, yeah. like, person, like, you are affecting everything in their world about yeah. how they develop as a person and their personalities. And, and you try to take the good thing that you've learned and, like, erase all the bad thing, but you're like, oh, this, okay, I didn't really like it, but it turned out to be, like, quite good, mm -hmm. so... Uh, like it's so hard and then you have to talk with your partner to make sure that you're both in the same uh, same line so it's a lot of talk a lot of like issues like fights also so yeah I don't know like I just wish her to be like the best the yeah. best person like like if, if she's like super weird I'm like don't give a fuck about what the other people think about you just do your thing like actually all the people like the greatest artists or whatever they're like actually weird people yeah. because to be there you have to be weird somehow like you have to develop something that other people doesn't develop like so be you just be you 
I think. Yeah, I yeah. think balancing between security and freedom is the, one of the most important things. Like, you don't want your kids to go out in the cold and get a cold by the same time. If you don't let them out, then they're not going to develop that immunity. So it's yeah. like how much do you expose them to problems? Exactly. And you don't want to expose them that much that it affects them badly. But if you don't expose them, then they're not, when they grow up, they're not going to know how to deal with problems. Yeah. 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 It's, it's weird. It's, it's the like, most important job you can have. And yet there's no way of doing it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so there's no succeeding mistake. at the job. It's just mm. sort of like, yeah. I guess... It could have been worse. <laughs> I don't yeah. And the main thing is also to make sure that my kid will not hate me. <laughs> so that's yeah. like, because it can be hard sometimes with parents. Like, mm. like actually that moment, that teenager era, era oh my God, yeah. like how? <laughs> the thing is like, you, you're going to think like, oh, like I can't, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But you're going to do like other mistakes than like yeah. your parents did. Yeah, like, or like just pushing the opposite direction. Where you're yeah, just like, I'm yeah. not gonna be mean to my kid at all, and then you're so soft that they just yeah. like, they walk all <laughs> like, over you, and you're like, what? <sighs> no, there's. A, uh, have you seen the film Fences? No, so no, Denzel I know Washington. which one is it. It's a great yeah. film. It's like based on a play, and um, there's this brilliant scene where he like uh, Denzel Washington says to his son because like, his son asks him he's like, why don't you like me? Because he's like a really hard father, and he says, mm. "Who says I have to like you?" He says, "Like I put like a roof over your head, like teach you hard work and the rest of it." And like, there's this weird thing of like, you see his point, but you're also like, "You're awful. You're an awful father." <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, like does being like a good father mean doing things that will make your children hate you? And then being like, "What is the trade-off?" Mm. And it's like it's a hard thing because this is like like written in like the '60s or whatever, so mm. you're like when parents were a lot oh, more brutal. Yeah. Whereas now, I, you see a lot of parents are a lot like friendlier and caring and soft, but then you also see kids that are like have clearly never been told no in their life mm. and just sort of like walk around just like spoiled. Yeah. And you're like, you're gonna have to do some things that make them not like you, and that's gonna be like so fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, one thing I'm going to be very hard, it's not very hard, but like quite strict, is like the respect. I want my kid to be respectful. Like, I mean, we're, we're working like restaurant industry and we've seen like people being very rude and like not taking their plates in the trash and like not saying hello or bye. Like that's the basic thing that I want her to know. Like you see people, you say hi, you say bye, you, you can smile, you... You try to put yourself in other one's shoes, so then that's make you doing the the right thing, or I don't know, the right thing. Or like treat everybody the same. Yeah, yeah. Do to the other what you want the other to yeah. do to you. Do we say it like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. golden rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that there's no uh, there's no manual, no instruction book, no there's no school where they teach you how to no. be good parents, and no. no matter how good you do, the the child like it's a high probability they will have some problems with their parents in some way or another. Like, yeah, not, you cannot be perfect. You, you know? cannot be perfect. And no. also like they, they can also meet the wrong person. You can, you might be the best parent ever. If my girl like meet someone that is not good yeah. at all mm-hmm. and she got influenced by that person, it can be like, yeah, can be can be really wrong so yeah, yeah you can't control the world around yeah, them exactly you control what happens in your house yeah so. but no nah, it's uh it's real hard that like every idea that people say like this is how to raise your kids you'll find someone saying the exact opposite yeah. and 
you can even be like, all right, I'm really clear in my mind. I want to make sure my kids, they never do drugs or anything like that. So from like the youngest age. And then that just makes them want to do drugs. Yeah. Like, Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. It's, like, it's not a simple matter of choosing. It's then having to like perfectly introduce the ideas to your children in a way mm. that they absorb them. Like, damn. It was terrifying trying to... I know some parents, like, before they became parents, they were like, oh, we're never going to give our children iPads and, like, screens and technology. But as soon as when they became parents and the <laughs> child starts crying and you can't do anything about it, you're tired. Give me iPad. Yeah, <laughs> give the iPad, go take a nap. Like, I actually, I, I don't do that with the iPad because she cannot take the iPad, but sometimes she's just crying and I'm like, okay, let's let's watch, like, whatever you want. And then I put her and then she's, like, coming and like, oh. I didn't want to do that, but like it's so comfortable yeah, for me also. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't know, like about the, all those screens, like people are like, yeah, they shouldn't have like iPads, they shouldn't like manipulate those things so early. I don't know if it's that bad actually. I, I have no idea. Yeah, but, well, I'm just thinking like it's like toys. Like I, if she plays like a game or something, maybe that could be like good for the like mind. Like mm. if she plays chess. Mm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It, but you don't want them the, to be more dependent on just one screen, mm. like you know. Yeah. I, I think it's like the it's they have like sensitive brains, and you're giving them like too much input. That's yeah. the problem. Like if you've mm. got a doll in front of you and you're using your mm. imagination, oh, then like that's something. Yeah. But if you've got a screen oh, yeah. where it's just like boom, 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 mm -hmm. flashing lights yeah. pumped right into your eyes because yeah. they hold it like this close, yeah. it's like that's too much for your brain. That like it's hard enough for us that like. Uh, like technology, like smartphones came to us when we were sort of like already mainly developed, mm. like sort of, I don't know, like 14, 15. Or and we are already addicted. Yeah. But we, yeah, we become addicted real quickly. But if you've been given a smartphone from the age of two, <laughs> like you've got no chance of having any control over like, mm. oh, I'm not going to look at the screen right now. Mm. And I, I saw last time I was at an airport, it was in the uh, UK and uh, there were parents had just got off this flight and they had like a, a toddler, like maybe like three, four years old, that had like an iPad. Uh, and she was staring at the iPad and they were walking towards like an escalator that was going downwards and they were just sort of like watch out for the stairs watch out for the stairs and she was just staring at the screen walking forward they're like okay. put it down for a second watch out for the stairs just ignoring like zoned mm -hmm. out fully like locked in I'm like mm -hmm. it's not necessary at that point they're not on the plane I understand on the plane you want to calm your child down mm -hmm. and all the rest of it it's like this is like a free rider she's addicted she's like not listening can't like check out even though the parents right next to them being like watch out stop right now and they're like nope she's just locked in and it's like mm -hmm. you've got no chance by the time you get to being a teenager and they're like mm -hmm. try and study like nope that's not gonna happen yeah like, it's such a challenge that like but you nowadays you study on the computer and stuff a lot yeah which like, is like ugh. This is the first generation that's going to grow up with like having computer and social media from their childhood. Like we have no mm. data how it affects long term. Yeah. yeah. They won't have memories from before they had a like a device. Yeah. Because like, they, yeah, they, they have it so young. It's, it's going to be weird because it's not good for adults. Like I said, like mm -hmm. every bit of data isn't showing. Like, tell you what, it's really good to be looking at a screen for a lot yeah. of the day. Mm. <laughs> but so, like, if you've only had that from birth. Uh, I can't imagine it's going to yeah. be positive. I like, mean, we've had this technology for like a decade or a little more than a decade, and we already have apps and notifications telling us to take a break, turn off your skin yeah. for five minutes, and have this meditation app and stuff like that. Like, imagine like it's uh, crazy growing like up with how all this. It evolved so fast. Like twenty-five years ago, yeah. it was the beginning of internet, and now like we have all those things. Like, imagine like in twenty-five years, what it's going to be like. 
That's yeah. scary somehow when you think about that. Mm. I'm reminded by this one fact that in 1913 or 16 something, the Wright brothers made the first plane. And by the 1940s and 50, we were in space. Like well, yeah. just in the span of 30, 40 years, how much humanity developed. Yeah. yeah. It's like you say, Joe, like in the last, yeah, 100 years or something like that, the way we just evolved, like developed stuff, like that's crazy. Like... Yeah, I can't comprehend. I feel as yeah. Uh, the, how, how, yeah. <laughs> I feel the more data we collect, the faster we will like develop. Uh, maybe, but that's the thing. Like, uh, like what we're talking about earlier is like, will development happen on the day-to-day -day level for the day-to-day -day person, or is it just going to be like, oh yeah, they've developed crazy AI technology yeah. that they're now using to replace all our jobs? <laughs> like, it won't necessarily be in like. Do you think form, that's the yeah. next step? The next uh, big maybe. revolution. AI? Like, no, I don't think they're going to get AI like sort of like, oh, it's like the singularity. We have a human brain inside the like computer. Like an robot uh, yeah. kind of... Uh, Skynet, uh, Terminator. Yeah. Mm. I don't think it's going to be anything like that, but I do think they're going to get computers advanced enough to where they can like, uh, at least within the world of computing, uh, and yeah. sort of they can start to like do crazy shit. That we, again, we won't see any of it. They're not going to use it for our benefit. Like We will get the trickle down of mm. like a few things, but... It'll be on like ridiculous technology that will mainly be used to like, like avoid having to employ people that will unionize and all that stuff. <laughs> like, it's gonna be, it, it won't be for us the most technological investments. Mm. Yeah, recently they had a vote in the UN to they were discussing to ban automated uh, weapons. Mm. Like you know, before they were uh, when the US used drones to strike in the Middle East, there was a pilot in yeah. the US yeah. like looking through a screen and do it but now they have the technology to just input a location and the drone <laughs> will go automatically and just kill people there so, so now they were discussing a bill in the un to ban that technology but the us and india just canceled they said no oh great yes yeah. why india because um, they want I mean, to bomb pakistan yeah bomb <laughs> pakistan <laughs> probably and they have china on their next and the thing with these kind of things is that even though let's say the u.s says okay we'll ban, ban them there's china and russia they're not going to listen to what the yeah. other people are the international community is saying no. so if unless the whole world is just unanimous that we're doing this thing it's not going to change yeah it won't You can't get this, a country like China to be yeah. sort of like, oh, we'll do the right thing even if it's not in our interest. Mm. Mm. Because we're not doing that in our countries, but we'll do stuff that at least sort of like appeals to like voter populations. They don't have to worry about that in China. Yeah, things that look good. Yeah, like they don't have to worry about like sort of like, oh, we need to make sure that our party is popular among the people. It's like they don't have voting. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> come on. It's, uh, yeah, like it, it's going to be very hard to get anything like off the table and like i said even if everyone agrees well, russians gonna have some cheeky little things so the yeah. u.s you know like they're not gonna just be like all right we'll trust the other side yeah. has done everything <laughs> right all right look fooling now guys catch us like no they won't. i remember this plot of one of the gi joe movies <laughs> that uh some terrorists steal a nuclear missile from pakistan And then uh, they do this kind of like weird, uh, oh, they hack into Pakistan's nuclear arsenal as well. So they launch the nukes and then the whole world sees, oh, Pakistan has launched the nukes. So all the other countries launch their nukes. So mm -hmm. imagine all countries in the world have launched their nukes, they're in the air. And then Pakistan disables their nukes while in midair. 
and the other countries are thinking, hey, now if we don't disable our nukes, then we're going to be the bad guys. Yeah. Then all the company, all the countries, while their nukes are in the air, they all disable. So there are no 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 more nukes in the world except mm. for the one nuke that the terrorists stole from Pakistan. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the whole plot that's of the funny. movie. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> I know there's a film. What's his name? Where like um, uh, the US like accidentally fires a nuclear missile towards Russia, and they, there's like, a lot of movie like yeah, that. <laughs> but they they contact Russia and they're telling them like we didn't do mm. this. It's but it's heading like towards Moscow ever, and they have this like agreement of letting Russia bomb like one U.S. city or oh, really? like, and they, they have to come to a terms of like how are we going to deal with this because yeah. someone like a bomb's going to happen, yeah. and it's like do we just do all out war like we don't want to destroy everything mm. so you can destroy some yeah. of us if we can oh, no bomb. I want to see that movie actually I can't like, remember what it's called now they can negotiate to bomb like Alaska or something yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, please don't go for Alaska yeah. oh no that would be the worst like, fingers crossed you do know we have all our military supplies in Alaska right <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but do you guys I feel like the human generation the human beings themselves are becoming dumber and dumber like remember when, I remember when I was a kid I used to remember all these numbers of my myself my parents like phone numbers my mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles everything I used to remember things happening next week but now all my f- numbers are saved in the phone yeah. all my like events I put it in the calendar so I don't have to be dependent on my brain itself so we're becoming so dependent mm-hmm. on technologies kind of like I think Elon Musk or someone mentioned that we're already cyborgs. It's just like we have a phone in our yeah, pocket. It's just external. Mm. So it's yeah, just it's an external happen. thing. Yeah. I mean, I always uh, judge it by like uh, reading. Like if you ask the average person, like when was the last time you read a book? If it, that's like what we did as kids. It's like, oh, yeah. you read a book like all the time or you're having a book read to you or whatever. It's like so many people I meet are just sort of like, well, not since I left school. And like, I'm so amazed yeah. by that. Yeah. I'm like, what? It's like very common to be like, when I was 16 was the last time yeah. I touched a book. And it's like, it's the, a patience thing. It's like, well, I can't sit down and read a book. I'm not interested. It's just sort of like, we've got to this point where like, even though we like absorb information all the time, mm. because we don't actually have to sit down and think about it slowly. It's sort mm. of like, oh yeah, I've read five articles in the last 10 minutes. But uh, we forget it. And yeah, it just mm-hmm. went in out there. I tweeted about it yeah. and then I forgot about it. Mm. It's sort of like, so people are engaged with ideas all the time on like a faster level than ever. But none of it is actually sort of like permeating the brain mm. and actually forming your real thoughts about it. It's just sort of like replicating this sort of like, boom, share, done. All right, what's the next thing? Oh, here's a new story. And it's sort of like, yeah. people don't sit down and think about stuff. They don't read a newspaper. Like, that's a challenge to read a newspaper front to back. Like, no, 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 uh, you're right. no I can do that. <laughs> but to look at a headline on an article, not read the body and be like, oh, I'm guessing what this is about. And now I have a strong opinion on it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to like post about this. It's like, yeah, we're not smart in that sort of like depth way, in a way that is actually sort of like a patient thought out thing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, we're just sort of like dealing with smart ideas in like a very mm-hmm. temporary, superficial yeah, yeah. surface way. kind of way. Yeah. And it feels like also we have all like a huge opinion of about things but we don't really know what we're talking yeah, about yeah, exactly. like you said like we read things like one article like but then we think that we know what it like what we're talking about and no <laughs> not at all like yeah that's i think the latest thing was the kyle rittenhouse case have you guys oh, heard right. about it like everyone was like even my friends the what um 
you know, during the Black Lives Matter march, mm. when the riots were happening, there was this kid who, I think he's like 17. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Like and he had a gun and then he killed like two, three people in the riots. And now his court case just got settled uh, a few weeks ago. And everyone, uh, and the court, they said he's, uh, uh, they dropped all the charges. So he's innocent. So mm. everybody on the left were saying, hey, how could you, like he killed people, blah, blah, blah. But then if when you go through the, all the evidence and you look at the court, like the evidence provided, it's like, yeah, it's legit like a self-defense case. Okay. And one of the person he shot was actually like a pedophile rapist or something. Mm. <laughs> so, But it's funny when people say stuff like that, like he knew. That they yeah, were he didn't know. But yeah. the thing is like overall, but if you look at it, like mm. I'm like, it's yeah, not a loss to the world. Yeah, it's not a loss to the world or something. Mm. So mm. people who just read the headline, they were like, oh, this person who a white uh, like a white person who has a gun and you shot people, and but now, uh, yeah, that's the the case of just reading the headline and not looking really in deep mm. whatever happened. It's also a case where I've seen so many of my left friends, and no matter how idiotic the thing on the left people do, they will always say, "Oh no, that's the right thing." Like they will attach themselves to it. Mm. Like you don't want to deny like uh, your own ideas you don't want to challenge your own ideas yeah i mean i feel like a lot of the ideas people have like staying on the point of the superficial thing mm. is that is like ideas that they've just like heard someone say and they're like they see a post about black lives matter mm. and they're like oh great they haven't sat down to actually like self-introspect about mm. how am i a racist and i want to really grapple with the issues of the that people of color are facing and I'm going to read literature on it and hear people's opinions. It's like, yeah, but I just want to tweet hashtag BLM. Yeah. And then I'm like, see and guys, I'm, gonna, I'm one of the good guys. And, and like, I'm going to go outside and like protest with everyone. Like, uh, I, I mean, yeah. I was like, well, um, that's my opinion, but why Swedish people and like all over the world were protesting for Black Lives Matter? like, that's an American thing, right? Yeah. Well, it, it started in America uh, and then it was like, in the UK as well? It, it blew up in the UK and there's marches all over the world. But it it was hard to see, like, again, like, people, there wasn't, like, one collective stance on Black Lives Matter. Mm. Like, it was initially just a single movement. Yeah. And then people were doing it generally as, like, a sign of, like, oh, we stand against racism. Mm. It wasn't, because, again, police brutality in Sweden, I don't know what the statistics are. <laughs> I'm guessing not too many black people here have been shot dead by the police. Yeah. In relation exactly. to America. Like, I don't mm. think it's a societal issue where we're like, holy shit, like, this is awful. Yeah. I, don't, again, I don't know statistically, but I'm, maybe it bad. has happened. But it's not remotely comparable to the US. Mm. So are we marching to be like, we're showing solidarity with the US and we're saying that we're condemning uh, the current culture in the US? Or are we saying we're condemning, condemning Swedish culture? Because I saw people kneeling in front of Swedish police being like, don't shoot us, don't shoot us. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but I'm like, okay, so uh, is your point that they shoot black people here? I'm like, no, in the US, like, I, I believe supporting sort of like, oh, yeah, like condemning American culture, mm. saying like, oh, you have a problem. Definitely. The, world, the rest of the world sees you and we will hold you accountable to it. That's one point. But then to be like, wherever you are, the police are mm. like, black doesn't matter, yeah. don't kill us, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot, I can't breathe. Like, I. The police are pretty well trained in comparison to mm. the US. Like, I don't think it's a thing that uh, is remotely comparable. But because people will try to do it, I know in the UK that like, we have a far more of a history of uh, racism than Sweden does. Uh, not that Sweden isn't racist, but um, 
there was a time when Black Lives Matter was picking up and we had like marches for like a case in the UK of like uh, where people chanting Black Lives Matter and all the rest of it. And then it turns out the case was like, oh, the guy was shot because he was fleeing from the police from the scene of a crime and he had a gun on him. Uh, and like he was like a known gang member. Uh, so like armed police, it wasn't just a police officer in the street, it was armed police were called to this scene because there was like known murderers at the location and people were trying to equate it to the US. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, if this was the US, it would be a black person asleep, like in their own house being yeah, shot yeah. as an intruder. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, again, like you should have sort of uh, accountability and look into it, mm -hmm. but you can't just be like, let's just pick up this thing I've seen on Twitter put it in my country and just pretend it's the same. Exactly. Like it's, we're now in like a global community, so people just act like we're in the same mm -hmm. situation. It's like, yeah, like you need to have nuance and you need to understand it. And I go, yeah, this gets messy and diluted. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, I understand the need for police, but at the same time, uh, I kind of understand that the police are kind of like a tool of the government and the powerful, like the rich, like, um, it's not just racism, but the police will always be used by the government because they're in the power to oppress the person. Like, if, let's say if you don't pay your taxes, mm -hmm. like the, they're going to use the police to do whatever. Not, I don't think they do something that here in, uh, let's say Sweden, but in, compared to Pakistan, there's not like racism from police to like a, a black person or whatever. But the police are like an oppressive tool mm -hmm. to oppress the people who don't have, who can stand up for their own rights, who can challenge them in the courts or whatever. So the Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter, one aspect was standing up against racism, but the other aspect I think was also that the police are like, the institute or the system of the police mm. is to be used by the rich and powerful against the you know, the normal working class mm -hmm. people. I don't think all police are bad. Like, I think it's a necessity when if you're like being robbed or something, you need to call like a police or something like that. Yeah. But we kind of need to change the system in a way that everybody is equal in the eyes mm. of the law. Yeah. It's about, if it's about police accountability, like you need that. Mm. And it's like a real important thing in society. Yeah. The moment you have police are allowed to do whatever they want, like it's scary. Like yeah. they're, they're worse than the criminals. Like you really need that. Um, and then obviously, like there's plenty of countries around the world where like race and class plays into that like so much. Mm. But like I said, plenty of countries where it's mainly just about class. Mm. Uh, but you don't have the racial dynamic of like this one ethnic group is in control of everything <laughs> and has like a recent well-established history of like like active tactical oppression of uh, ethnic groups so like yeah I, i'm i think you'd have to be pretty like off to like really like misled to be like oh i don't believe in police accountability yeah, yeah. and that police if they shoot someone let's just automatically presume it was fine and we don't need to look into it mm. that's an appalling stance regardless of where you are on the spectrum of political ideas like i also i also don't like when like police do something and people like someone will like assume something like, oh, he did this. And then everybody just starts like uh, getting uh, like each other, like getting mad at the police. Mm. You know, like it's very easy to just like point the finger at the police. Yeah. Um, 
Like yeah. it's a hard job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna make mistakes. It's just that, uh, especially like in the US, where it's like, oh, these guys have like yeah, three months training, and then they're given a firearm and just sort of yeah. like, yeah, you just sort of like, we'll presume you're in the right if you like murder people. Yeah. Like if your mistakes involve the death of others, then like yeah, yeah you should. That's the mistake you you should be punished for. Yeah. <laughs> you can't and they have this culture of like uh, supporting their own people. So if mm. uh, even the other officers know that this guy is bad, they're still gonna support him no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in England, they don't have guns, right? Uh, not the average officer. We have armed officers. Have mm. some of them? Yeah. Have? yeah, but they get called out for specific instances. So okay. and a police officer that's just patrolling won't have a firearm. They only have like yeah. a, a baton. Thing. Yeah, a baton, pepper spray, handcuffs, just that. Yeah, yeah, and it's mainly like. Because of that, they get mainly trained in like uh, verbal de-escalation mm-hmm. tactics. So that's like what like you get a lot of training, and it's like in how to talk to people. Yeah, because that's actually the best thing you can Way do the useful, majority of yeah. time, rather than just being like, "Well, I'm just gonna pre- not gonna listen to what they're saying. I'm just presume they're a deadly threat, mm-hmm. and just aim for the middle of their body and keep firing until they're still." But that's how they're trained in like the US. It's just sort of like, it's like, and you kind of understand it once you get a bad enough culture. And you're in a war zone where you're like, oh yeah, police officers are being like shot at. Then they go out being ready to be shot at, so they then shoot at people. There's a sort of like, if you create a bad culture of policing, you then get, create a worse culture of crime in relation to police, mm-hmm. yep. and it just gets worse and worse. There's so much more common. Like, uh, you can buy a weapon in the U.S. In England, you can buy like weapon. Like that's why there's so many mm. stabbings, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. it, that's the thing. It's, it's wild. It's not just like. Stabbing with like a kitchen knife, like people have machetes in the streets. Oh, like, <laughs> like real, it, it's getting crazier. I would rather Fun. get shot than being stabbed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the <laughs> when when you hear about like uh, school shootings and stuff, you're like, like these are like angst-ridden, mentally ill children, and they can in just a rage kill a lot of people. And you're like to stab people to death, like you have to be yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus mm, Christ, like. It's mad to do that, like to hack someone to death with a machete in the you street. You need to have so. Nate Diaz endurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd be able to get in there. But it, yeah, it's. I think it started when I was like, uh, like a teenager. Where all of a sudden we saw this escalation of like, it's not just like stabbings. It's like stabbing children, stabbings. Like if people, uh, fourteen, like thirteen, yeah. fourteen, fifteen. Like the rate of uh, children being stabbed, it would like tripled yeah. like by adults or by other children no, by, by other children. children often yeah oh shit because it's the same friends also yeah. yeah it's like a real scary thing of like oh yeah so now you have like a 14 year old yeah. going around with a knife uh and again these aren't this is a different to just sort of like oh this is like a mentally ill kid it's like no they're in gangs and they deliberately use kids because they don't get searched by the police or whatever like or like for a stupid reason like oh yeah that was my girlfriend or stuff like that it's like Fuck, like you're gonna kill someone for that reason like it's crazy yeah crazy crazy okay guys i think we've talked a lot <laughs> we've been did here. we what yeah. time is it it's 7 47 it's eight o'clock almost. wow well, yeah, that was nice a really good discussion yeah yes thank you guys for coming mm-hmm. yes we're having we'll finish on a good note about <laughs> 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 children being stabbed <laughs> started so positively so yeah that's what we take out from this podcast don't stab people don't stab people and uh, and, uh and go Poirier <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. no team Charles Oliver <laughs> <laughs> okay peace be upon you all bye bye ciao